Welcome back, everybody, to the Talk Shop Season 8, Episode 11. I made that up. Uh, one sec. I bet it's close. I bet I'm close. Is it over or under 11? Under. It's for sure under. Uh, Waiting, see. scrolling, next page of apps. What's the pet? What? Oh, yeah. He tapped on an app. What's our podcast called again? Pocket Casts. Uh, the Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah, that's the one. Train all day. The talk shop all night. He all can't day. can't find it. He's looking. He's panicking. Am I dumb? He's choking. He doesn't have a bookmark. <laughs> I check it every morning. Maybe I didn't even like I'm Tom. Am I not subscribed? Oh, here. Help. It's got the old thumbnail. All right, everybody calm down. Aliens for Amy, season eight, episode six was the last Ooh, one. Oh, that episode seven. Way over. We're on a season eight, episode seven. Okay. I was one a month, baby. Over. Yeah. We found a real one a month. Except for it's the 10th month and there's seven episodes of the season. Wait, who are you? What do you mean? Introductions. Well, I thought oh, you were like on tough. a deeper level. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was like, did I forget something? I don't know who you are. I'm just hearing some voice right now. I'm Tom, joined today by. I'm Corey. And I'm a fumbling mass of. Of insecurity. <laughs> Called Sam. Sam, you oh. will. Called Sam, not named Sam. You're called Sam. They call you that. That's like a That's your title. Thing. Oh, he's called Jeff. Oh, I'll call him Jeff. <laughs> Bang as he mash. In it, Tuesday. God, I hate British people. Fuck British I'm people. glad we started out the podcast this way. Just so if any Brits are listening, you know where we stand. Yeah. Just so we're clear, we are better than you. <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't even feel the need to like try to make that into a joke. It's just true. It's like back it's to like the John Draper that I don't think about you at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think about you at all. All the Euros, like ass mad, complaining about America all day. <laughs> You're like, I'm just living in the free world, buddy. Like, dude, I don't think about, I got a gun. I don't think I about Belgium. Trip. Yeah, what does Belgium do? Chocolate? <laughs> Stroopwafels? Is yeah, that Belgium? And what's the one? Fuck, I can't remember. There's some gun they make. I can't remember. Some oh, rifle. Um... They do Heckler. No, that's Germany. That's Germany. Are you talking about a Luger? No. What is the Belgian? It's like a bullpup rifle. I can't remember it. The AUG? That AUG? might that might actually be Belgian. I don't remember. I don't remember. My Call of Duty knowledge is slipping. Ah, yeah, it's true. Man, Sam, you were in the army. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's Belgian. It'd be funny though. So they, was- they just invent that and then. Hitler's like, I like this. And waffles. He liked the waffles. Too. Ah, the waffles. What if we make them in the shape of the swastika? I love these waffles, but they are too Jewish. I'm going to bring them to the beer hall when I'm talking to my homies about the Jews. <laughs> I love the idea of Hitler using the word homie. It works homie. on a lot of levels. Homie. Mine homie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Hitler's just funny. I don't know. No, I, know. I see a picture of him and I laugh. I, is that bad? It, <laughs> it's not it's just to? like, it's too ubiquitous to like take seriously. Or it's too like, I feel like it's, it's he's spoken about too seri- too solemnly. Yeah. Too <clears> often <throat> to like still be like serious about it. Well, I, it's just fun. I don't know. My yeah. favorite picture on the internet is that, that, <laughs> The one where he's just standing, looking over a table, and it's just the fat kid with the tech deck. That's my favorite <laughs> picture is, on the entire that's, internet. That's one of the <laughs> best, best, like, yeah. the funniest like fucking Mount picture. Rushmore of me. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and he's just, like, smiling, like, oh, this is very <laughs> he's good. He's inspecting something really important. <laughs> yeah. That is one of my favorite. That, 
That might be my favorite thing it's from the so internet. funny. Can we make that the thumbnail of the, ne- the next season? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, <laughs> we don't have any reason not to. Could it well, be Hitler actually, looking just if, at if the they, top shop? Could it just be Hitler if there's looking? any AI scanning for thumbnails, they might be like, oh, Hitler, bad. <laughs> true, so, that is true. I don't know. Yeah, I'd hate, for our, I'd hate for our downloads to go down. We'll get algorithmed. We're going to get canceled, guys. <laughs> from our podcast that has five listeners. All of the no money... The negative money, actually. Yeah, true. <laughs> All the money we spend on beer. That's true. It's the only thing keeping me going. Wow, that was an intro. That was an intro. We covered Hitler, uh, how much we hate British people, and alcohol. Oh, wait, Sam, I'm curious. This might be pre-podcast content. No, what's up? How's the new job going? Just, like, vibes. Like, good, yeah, bad. Yeah, no, I can tell you. It's, it's, How's it going? Okay, so first, I will tell you that there's a... Uh, I don't want you to go too deep. No, I'm not going to, to. And I'm definitely not going to say where I work or anything like that. Yeah, I, of, course, say, of course, of course, of course. Um, it's there Taco is, Bell. There's com- <laughs> <laughs> I'm an assistant manager at Taco Bell. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, sorry. There, there's complaining when you're making like uh, 70% what you're worth, and then there's complaining when you're making about 200% what you're worth, and like those are going to be very different kinds of complaining. Yeah. Um, so the, the best way I, – uh, so, so I don't complain as much, but I will tell you like did, – did either of you watch The Bear? Yeah. Okay. I did not. Sorry. Okay. You know how in the bear they're screaming and then like it's high tense all the time and you're watching it and you're like, man, I sure am glad they're only cooking food or that would be really rough if like real things were in the balance there. Uh, yeah. My job is very much like the bear. <laughs> Except there's like <laughs> the lives on the line. <laughs> and not that I'm not, I, I don't want to make myself somebody, not that I'm the one saving the lives in any regard, but there are lives involved. Like there are in a lot of healthcare. And there's a lot of like when he's yelling at people to get the right kind of bread or move the sandwiches somewhere. It's a lot like that. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's good. Do, does it get weirder? I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. I was saying, but it's good. I'm, I feel very grateful. It feels criminally irresponsible <clears throat> to have me in the role that I'm in. Um, and but I, it's going well. I, 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 and that's why I can say that. Is because I keep getting told that I'm doing a good job. And my response to that is always like, what would a bad job look like? <laughs> <laughs> Does it feel weir- weirder, like, um, like the more abstracted you get from like direct patient care, like it becoming more like numbers on a spreadsheet and schedules and like budgets and whatever? Like, it, it, is it is it like kind of weirder, like the kind of the more abstracted that gets? Well, I'll tell you, it's weird because I'm not high enough on the chain to where I just see the numbers. So actually, where I'm at is a very weird thing, where the people that only look at the numbers give me a direct or like they don't really give me like a daily direction. I have an overall very clear mission statement that I have to enforce. Um, that's not overtly complicated for any business. It's bringing as much make as you can. Make more people yes. sick so we make more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, but I don't just get to isolate because then it is my job to actually go out and face the people doing the direct patient care. And so my day starts out in an office removed from that where people that don't do that are like, man, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit worried now that I'm saying too much. But we'll decide if we're going to cut it out later. (laughs) My day starts out in a room with people that don't do that. They did that historically. Like, they all come from a medical background. Um, But they haven't done it in a while. And they'll be like, oh, we need to do this, this, and this, and we'll review things. This isn't good. We need to fix this. And so then the dictate will be like, okay, we need to push a little bit. We need to bring more people in. And we'll do that. And staffing is not always great. And we're usually short on a lot of different things. And then uh, once that precedent is set and stuff gets worked out, then I have to go and kind of carry out that mission statement, right? Which involves going to every floor individually and facing like all of the people doing the work, and uh, the the contrast between uh, concept and execution 
will never fail to spin my head a few times. Because <laughs> it's like, it's, there's numbers on a page, and then you get to go see what those numbers represent. And it's loud and chaotic, and people getting the help that they need, uh, sometimes in very crazy situations. And uh, then you kind of wrap up, and you go back to, I have a th- uh, one o'clock meeting, which is then right back in kind of like the, uh, it's like switching between acoustic and electric many times during the day and uh it it can be a little wild uh but i feel very lucky to have it and um it's extremely interesting work it's never anything short of fascinating i'm actually having to learn basic things that i should have learned in like my first year that i didn't and uh it's it's wild man but it's good thank you for asking excellent yeah it's always like Having a job that you find fulfilling is not something that many people have the luxury of. No, n- definitely not. Like, being a cog is, like, <laughs> the worst feeling ever, I think. Um, but, well, actually, I'll throw it over to you, Corey. Do you find your job, is it, like, challenging? And f- like, you feel like you're being challenged and you're you're doing stuff you want to be doing? I feel like... I feel like pretty much everything about my job is perfect, except that I feel like I could lose it at any given moment. <laughs> okay. So there's like, like, there's like a, either a perceived or real axe above your head. Yeah. At all yeah. Times. I feel like, um, the axe is probably not that real right now. Okay. Um, I think it's like a, it's like a cyclical thing. Like mm. the axe becomes real and then it swings at other people Yeah, at the end of the calendar or at the end <laughs> yeah, of the yeah, business yeah. year. When um, like, but like I don't know, I I I feel really good now because like my my boss I have now is like the best boss I've ever had. Um, it's like I feel like it's the first time I don't feel like a cog because like I feel like the things that I do actually matter and like I get to do like cool, interesting, difficult things, but that are like within my reach. They're not like too hard where it's like impossible and I'll just kill myself. Yeah. Um, and like the the. The people above me and like my boss and his boss and his boss like actually care about like the development of like their employees um and like the 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 work you do on stuff actually gets recognized and like you can like there's like a pathway to like tangible tangible benefits for like the the stuff that you do that work well yeah um yeah i don't know i feel like i'm in a really good spot right now um two of my coworkers, one left last week uh because he didn't want to move for return to office stuff. Yikes. And then I just heard today we're losing another guy. Um, and he's like the guy, like capital G guy. Oh, like, he's like, he's the brains. He was like, uh, that guy was just good at everything. Um, like unironically probably would have been a really good, like upper, upper level manager one day. Um, and that guy's leaving. So that sucks. And that, this, this month has kind of sucked because I had like mega strep. I was like super sick. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I'm sick, sick, I'm usually out of work for like two days. I was out for like full Monday through Friday, gone every day, and then I worked like a half day on the Monday. <laughs> like yeah. on the next, I was so sick. Um, so like that plus that guy leaving plus now the other guy leaving, I'm still like super far behind on all of my shit. But um, and but then, yeah, I don't know. I my job's pretty chill. Are um, they like? Are they going to be like replacing, or are they? Just I think they're going to try. Okay. I th- um. I guess it's kind of unclear now. So we all had to do training to like get ready to like participate in the interview process. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember, like the in like a podcast forever ago, we talked about what my first interview process was like. Yeah, like, it's like a gauntlet interview to get in here. Yeah, it's like five one-hour interviews, and now like I'm going to be rush. one of 
Yeah. <laughs> so like now I'm going to be one of the guys in the one hour blocks, like interviewing people. Just to... you and the other person? Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. I can't um, imagine doing that. But yeah, I don't know. My job stuff is pretty chill. Um, that was a pretty smooth pickup. Yeah. That was really <laughs> I remember where we left off. You don't we'll find know out it, listeners, but you just lost a whole lot of content. You had a whole... <laughs> we talked. We talked about lots of things. Mm -hmm. We were actually... It was like three hours that we cut out. Tom cried. Mm -hmm. It was wild. I've never yeah. heard Tom cry before. I'm, we've connected and on we a lot of all, We watched all of level. the Lord of the Rings extended editions back to back to back. <laughs> yeah. God. It was a spiritual experience. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm chilling. My job's pretty good. I mean, like the the two guys leaving, that's like a lot of work that goes on the plate now. Um, hopefully we can backfill those hires, uh, with some pretty good people. Um, I feel like now it's different. When I got hired, it was weird because all the people that interviewed me were just like random people, <laughs> <laughs> because like the team that I was joining like hadn't been built yet. Oh yeah. Um, but like now I feel, I feel pretty confident that like between me and everybody else and my manager and stuff that will we should be able to get some pretty good people in. Um, cause we're losing some pretty good talent. Um, so besides that stuff, uh, which isn't really that big of a hair in the soup, I was joking earlier how it, like the good people leaving just makes my performance review better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, my promotion hopefully going through December 1st, that's the date that I heard is when it will take effect. Hell um, yeah. So that's pretty dope. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah in the chat. So that'll make my, my car purchase a little bit less uh irresponsible <laughs> oh come on you had it broken in that's true and you took it for the the maiden voyage like the yep. actual oh yeah so the so the meme is so <clears throat> generally when you buy a new car any kind of sporty car like the wrx was like this if you buy like a miata like uh, this isn't like a super like crazy expensive or fancy thing but you get some general guidelines of like things you shouldn't do on a new engine because when they build an engine in the factory they put like all these like special materials in there and like the engine oil and like the transmission oil and stuff like they're not what you'll be running long term it's like special material that's like cuz like you you imagine in an engine there's like all of these mechanical parts like uh scraping and rubbing and like all these things up against each other yeah they have to get worn in yeah so they kind of wear in they they call it like mating like they'll mate to each other so like like the pistons of the cylinders and like the gears and the transmission and stuff will kind of like like they're machined pretty precisely, but you know, like running an engine at like seven thousand RPM or so, you know, like there's like a lot going on. Yeah. So you're supposed to like not go over a certain RPM, not go over a certain speed, um, and like try to stay out of. They call it staying out of boost. So like when the turbos, the turbochargers are running, like kind of over three, four k ish RPM. Like try to stay out of boost until the engine is warmed up and stuff like that. So like, kind of like grannying the car. Yeah. And then you hit whatever the mile um, from this car it was twelve hundred miles. And then you take it in for the break-in service, which is they basically just replace the engine oil and the transmission oil, and then you're good to go. Oh, nice. Um, but then you can, like, do car stuff. <laughs> do the, the fun stuff, it's, finally. It's so fucking fun. <laughs> it's, oh, dude, it's, I'm, I said it in the Discord earlier, I'm kind of scared of the car. <laughs> it's, uh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> What's the zero to 60 on that thing? Uh, it's, like, three flat. Um, if you're on, it depends, because, like, the car comes on like like with the launch control. Yeah, so if you do launch control on like a hot day where like the tarmac and the tires are hot, but not too hot because the turbos don't like hot air. Like if everything's perfect, you can do like two point eight, two point nine. Damn. Um, 
realistically, it's probably like three three or three four or something. Okay. Um, I mean, that's still it would it's, zero to sixty in the Fiesta would be like four minutes. It's really, <laughs> it's really fast. <laughs> Damn, it's pretty nuts. I'm I'm enjoying the car a lot. You described um, it like a roller coaster ride. Did you sell it's, your yeah, other I, car then, or did, did you just have two? Yeah, I, I traded the Tiburon X. Okay. Yeah, I traded that in. That was the only question um, I hadn't gotten asked yet. Like, you just have two upper scale, no, and, no, no, and stratosphere scale cars. I wouldn't or? have anywhere to park it. That was going to be one of my oh, questions. Yeah. The like, truth of it. Where do you yeah. park both of them? <laughs> um, yeah, park it. Yeah, I mean the M3. Oh yeah, I guess I haven't said the car. It's an M. It's an M3 Competition X Drive. Is the car X Drive just means sounds all made up. That sounds like a six year old X Drive. <laughs> competition Com- X Drive. It's a competizione. B- BMW M3 Competition. Yep. So what does the competition get you? Um, so there is the M3, a bigger dick, uh, which is standard <laughs> with a manual transmission, but mm-hmm. rear wheel drive only. Okay. And manual would have been really sick. I like, I liked learning manual on the Subaru. It would have been cool to keep owning manual, but like a combination of like moving down here and just like being in traffic and stuff with rear wheel drive and like being in a man, it's just like annoying. Plus rear wheel in the winter. I can't Yeah. Imagine. That's a non-starter for me. Like that, that was a deciding thing. Um, but like the manual is just kind of annoying. Like when you're like out for a drive, just to like go for a drive, like having a manual is really fun. Like, like road I, trip or something. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But when you're just like want to go to Cub and get food, yeah, like dealing with a manual and like start, stop, start, stop, start. It's just not fun. Yeah, yeah that's how it always felt here. Like well, going up. Well, I had a manual when I was in college, and I had to go up the hill to Duluth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the combination of winter going up that hill, <clears> the ice. And having a manual, I was cussing a few times. It sucked. I described having a manual, because I learned to drive the Subaru. I learned to drive manual when I still lived in Superior. And my joke was like, it was like an open world, like a video game map. Where the it's Elden like there Ring, were, there right? were parts Wasn't it the, what was that? You were saying it was like Elden Ring? Yeah, it was like Elden Ring, where there's like parts of the map <laughs> that are just too high level for me. Like, I just can't drive my car yeah. there yet. Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good enough, like, driving manual yet. <laughs> um, so, you can get the M3 standard. That's... Manual only, real drive only. Okay. So you can get the M3 Competition, which has a little bit more horsepower and like a fuck ton more torque. But you can only get that in automatic, and that's still only rear wheel drive. Yeah. So then there's the M3 Competition X Drive. And the X Drive is BMW's name for their all wheel drive system. Okay. Um, so normally I think it's 60 40 rear front split yeah. for power. And then you can do 80-20. That's four-wheel drive sport. I'm finger quoting. Yeah. And then you can also do a rear-wheel drive only. But the latter two modes, you can only do with all traction and stability control off. Oh. So that's a little spooky. When you're going to the competition, <laughs> surely. <laughs> um, I've only done that doing launch control. And I think launch control has, like, you turn traction and everything off. But I think there's still something going on there that the car is doing like keep the wheels from spinning yeah because like you have to do there's like a process to like set the launch control up and if you don't do that and you just launch the car the wheels will just spin and like i fucked it up one time and that's what happened oh yeah <laughs> so so if you do like a real again i'm finger quoting like a real like a launch um the car just fucks off it's so crazy it's yeah. like owning it's like owning like an amusement park ride it's so <laughs> wild Whew. that's too much uh adrenaline for me yeah i think it would i would just have a heart attack i drive a ford focus <laughs> i drive a ford fiesta ford bros <laughs> is this right. is a good <clears throat> this is a good transition actually into one of my podcast topics which in the discord is called accidentally stumbling into the customs gauntlet okay 
Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I have this car. It comes on like super sporty, like summer tires. Like, okay, well, I need, I'll need a set of like winter tires to just not die. Yeah. To live. And so I go looking and it's like nobody makes winter tires in like the stock M3 wheel size. You just can't buy them. Yeah. Um, and it's extra annoying because the rears are 20 inch wheels and the fronts are 19 inch wheels. They're like staggered. Oh, damn. Um, so like it's just, you just, it's impossible. It's just really, really hard to shop for. Um, nobody makes them in that size. So like, okay. So I find there's like a few companies, um, that like sell like performance parts and stuff. And they'll, they sell like M they call them M3 winter packages where like they, they already went for you and found like three or four like aftermarket wheels that like fit the car well. And then they'll put tires on them and put TPMS sensors in them and they'll like mountain balance the tire and everything and just ship them off. And you just give them like whatever, whatever dollars, right? And yeah. they'll just do it. So like the cheapest one that I found was a company in Canada, which is four wheels, four tires, four sensors, everything installed for like twenty three hundred. It's like okay, that's actually like it. But just for winter tires, or is it all seasons? Uh, for winters. Okay. So like wheels and tires and everything for like that's a pretty honestly is a pretty good deal. Just the tires alone would probably be like twelve hundred or something, like really like a thousand, like a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So like okay cool I thought I found like the the hack because like oh these shitty Canadi- Canadians with their fake money <laughs> yeah they're like, I'm just, like I'll write them a check and they'll be like oh thank you sir thank you for your American dollars <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought was gonna happen well that is kind of what happened but I had no idea because like we go on Amazon and shit you buy shit all the time that comes from like China or Taiwan you know whatever right and it gets imported you don't ever think about it you know you just like buy it and it shows up and you're like aces like I'm chilling. I had no fucking idea how much of an ordeal it was to like import something if like the company that you bought it from wasn't set up to do that. Oh, yeah. Because they just mail it to you and then it gets stuck at the border. Yeah. And then it's like, you have to deal with it now. That's like your problem. Interesting. So like FedEx calls me. So like FedEx, they were the ones who picked up the shipment. They'll do all of it for you. Like all of the customs, all of the everything. But it's such... I I probably sent like 20 emails and took like 10 phone calls and it cost me like $180 just to get the thing. And I I I I docu signed like 10 docu like 10 contracts. It was <laughs> just to get FedEx to fucking do this. I had to fill out this form to prove that I was like the importer of record and then docu sign that and then I had to give them power of attorney for like custom stuff. Oh, so, so they, they can could act on my behalf for like importing something. Yeah. And then, like, they fronted the money for, like, the duty fees and the tariffs and stuff. And then I had to pay them back for that, plus their fee for, like, doing all the shit for it. It was, like, a, it was, it was a big, it was super annoying. That I had no idea. The worst I've ever got is, like, I'd ordered something on eBay and it ships from China. Yeah. And then sometimes the post office will hold it. Yeah. And then you have to go and That's what I thought was going to happen. I didn't know. I don't know what the difference is between why some things are no big deal and why some things are, like, kill me. Hmm. Maybe it's like a dollar amount. I don't. Right? I don't. Act, I don't I guess know. tires are pretty heavy. It might be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was a shit show. They're, damn. Th- I got them. <laughs> They're sitting at the dealer now. I gotta go get them put on when it starts getting colder. But damn, I was not. I was not prepared for that. That was a huge pain in my ass. <laughs> Surprise! I would have just bought it from one of the more expensive like American places if I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. It. Is, it. It really should be simpler. I don't know. Maybe that's is that is that a globalist agenda <laughs> that I'm putting out there? It should be easier to import things. 
I, I feel like know. it should be. I don't from Canada. Yeah, that's like they're. It's just there. Yeah, I'm not importing like fentanyl. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I feel like yeah, I don't know. Getting raw uh, lithium from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and I know. Um, I know some goods specifically are more difficult to import for like protectionist like trade stuff. Like they want you to buy domestic. Yeah. I feel like tires are like. I don't know. I Maybe feel like, I feel it's like that's a not foreign one of those car. Things. Maybe I have. Well, what I don't is BMW know? made now? What was that? Is BMW still made in Germany? Um, my car was made in Bavaria, yeah. Okay. In Germany, yep. Gotcha. But it depends on what you buy. I mean, some of them they build in Mexico. Some of them they build in like Alabama. Like I don't know. I was gonna say because like the Toyota trucks are made in the U.S., which is weird because yeah. it's Toyota. I know most Mercedes get built in Alabama. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> like anybody in Alabama can fo- afford a Mercedes. <laughs> They just have them build them and watch them go away. There's <clears throat> like a huge car industry there. It's like new Detroit. Dang. Take that, old Detroit. <laughs> Drew. You fucked up. So yeah, that, that kind of fucked me. That's The whole shit took like a month. Damn. It was a big pain. Just for tires. It didn't end up costing that much. Like the 180 whatever for like a $2,300 order is like, oh, whatever, I guess. But like, I don't know. It was such a pain. It took so long. And then everybody was, everybody, everybody I talked to was so fucking confused because, um, I set the delivery address as the dealership. Cause like, I don't have anywhere to put like wheels into, I just don't have anywhere to put them. Stack them up in your, yeah. And I was like, well, that's where they're going to, and I called them and they're like, yeah, you can have them shipped here. I'm like, okay, cool. And like, everybody kept trying to correspond with like the dealership people. And they're like, what the fuck? They're like, they don't know what, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, who's Corey? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was so, you know, oh my God. It was he's so all the paperwork. <laughs> that's my custom story. well now they know you true <laughs> my boy dylan they're probably slashing the tires right now <laughs> just like fuck you i i found out the other day when i got my tires changed at costco yeah the dealership that i got the car from put the wrong size tire for the wheel mm, on the, very so cool paul and i was like this is a well it wasn't brand new when i got it but it was like the nicest car I've ever bought for myself. Yeah. As far as like mileage and price and everything. And the tires were like, they would just leak in the winter. So I'd have to air them up like yeah. every other day. And, that's like, <laughs> and like, that's why. And then I like put up with that for like a long time, but they were, now they were getting like worn and stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I, yeah, I, I check the, uh, the inside of the door for the actual like tire specs. And then I look at the tires like, wait a minute. That's a really <laughs> not even funny. the right tires. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're good. Thanks, Costco. Shout out to Costco, that up-and-coming small business. Costco is so sick. Costco is sick. You can get a $1.50 hot dog and soda pop. Yeah. Sam, they got that one in Hermantown now. You Have you been? No, I have not. You got to do you gotta it. You got to check out Costco, man. It's just better than anything. Except for the one around here. It sucks because it's always super busy. And oh, it, yeah. I, it's literally like um, Hitman, the crowd Oh yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just the, it's people wandering aimlessly until they collide with another object, then they turn a random direction and start walking. Dude, again. people have no okay. Two things. It's just traffic laws. Two just things. Do that. People have no sense of like their surroundings when they're in grocery store. They'll just like pushing a cart, and there's like a line of four people behind them also pushing a cart, and they'll just stop, like just like yep. stop, like right in the middle of the aisle, and it's like. Do you know where the fuck you are? Do you or know what's happening? The people that park the cart help? and then walk to the other side of the aisle yeah, to look yeah, at something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they literally block the entire aisle. <laughs> and you, there's like 10 people behind him. Like, what are you? I the other know. thing? 
I've decided I'm not I'm I'm done getting out of people's way when I'm walking places. I feel like <laughs> I just shoulder I just people. have some kind of energy where like people just feel like that they assume that I'll get out of their way. And that's what I've always <laughs> in my whole life. I don't do that anymore. I I I shoulder checked the fuck out of some lady in a Costco like three weeks ago. Excellent. <laughs> Was she like, what the fuck? This is my, this is what I my the thing I say is like if I saw me I would get out of my way. <laughs> I mean that's fair. <laughs> I feel I don't know. I feel like if I'm walking as far to the right as I can possibly be, and there's someone coming towards me, and they're not getting out of my way, I'm just gonna walk forward. I'm done. That's fair. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I have some kind of beta energy where people just like know that I'll move. Not now that you drive a BMW Competition <laughs> X Drive Three. Though. Now, now just take that grocery mm-hmm. store not getting out of the way and apply it to the road, and you'll be a true BMW. True. Driver. No blinkers. Just turn whenever people. you want. True. Cross as many lanes as you want, as fast or slow as you want. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the BMW experience. Jay and I were remarking that. You seem to be attracted to the brands that are, generally speaking, the worst. That driven. is true. Yeah, Subaru owners. Subaru owners. Yep. Now BMW. Yep. Oh, the, what's the next? I don't know. Nissan. <laughs> yeah, if you get a Nissan, I'll buy uh, like an a, Ultima. Or what's the what's their sporty like? Uh, Infinity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Never. Or what? Wait, but what's their sports car? The the Z is that? The, um, the Z yeah, the, yeah. You can get you can get a Z for a Nissan, like a three fifty Z. Yeah, or you can get like an Infinity. You can get like a G something thirty seven. I don't remember. Yeah. Once we know, once if you move <laughs> on to that, then we know it's there's no hope. <laughs> the, he's one of them now. I feel it's so funny, like the driving fast thing. I don't like, I don't like going fast. It's not enjoy like going like a hundred is just not fun. It's just stressful. Yeah. It's just like I don't know. It's not going like twenty to eighty, super fun. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of car. Like like just accelerating is just fun, but just like going fast is not. It's like just not maintaining fun. a high. <laughs> yeah, it's just speed. not fun for me. Um, I'd probably. Be- I think I've been before I got this car. I'd been over a hundred twice, and like both of them were in the Subaru in like June on like a dead county road. That's like. Let's just go a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then I get done, and I'm like, that wasn't that fun. Like, I don't know why I did that. I've been over 100, I think, like 20 times in the past like two <laughs> months. Because, like, I'm not even joking. It'll be like, I'll be going, like, 60 in, like, the second leftmost lane. And I'll be like, I'm going to go around this guy. And I'll go in the left lane, and I'll look down, and I'm going, like, 103. <laughs> just like, flying. What the fuck happened, dude? Because, uh, well, you know, like, you drive a car for a while. And you just, you like calibrate, you you know within like three or five miles per hour in, in either direction, like how fast you're going without yeah. even looking. Like, you know, like you just like know how fast you're going. The Subaru was like a go-kart. The car, like thin glass, like thin metal. There's just, it was like loud, it was like loud, a lot of road noise, a lot of wind noise, whatever. So like I'm going in this car with like, that's, I'm calibrated for like that. Yeah. And now this car is like a fucking bank vault. And so I'm just, just not. Silent. I just don't have. Oh, it looks like I'm going 230. I miles don't an have hour. the sense yet. I got it. <laughs> I'd better slow down. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, enough about my car. I'm done. I'm chilling. <laughs> well, what else have we got on the topic list? We could talk about Baldur's Gate a little bit. Yeah, there was a whole segment. Sam, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. 
There, okay, I, right. I in no way want to insult the material, but I mean, there's nothing farther from my demographic than what you're talking about. <laughs> and I mean, if you want, if you want a a very real discussion on the difference of where people are at in their lives, there is making good money and having no kids, etc. And you're like, yeah, BMW going over a hundred, and then there's where I'm at, where. <laughs> I'm not making bad. I don't make your money, but I'm not making bad money. And it's like, yeah, I hope mm-hmm. you go to Disney World sometime 2027 ish. I'm hoping I can. Uh, I, I hear that that's uh, the, some of the water slides will be good. Well, I'm year. curious, actually. Have you have you like tried to budget that or like price that out? Yes. Oh yeah. Like, absolutely. W- what is what is like a Disneyland? Trip? Uh, y- you plan on spending about a thousand dollars a day for like is the Disney basic. World? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is Disney World, Florida. I never. Remember. And Disneyland is California. I think so. I'm okay. terrible about it. I Which one are you looking at or have you looked at? Uh Disney World, whichever one, like the big one. Okay. Yeah. And it sucks. So you have this window a thousand where a day. there's like this That's perfect so... window where your kid's going to be like young enough to really embrace like the quote unquote magic. But uh, there's also never been a worse time to go. <laughs> like, yeah. You do any kind of like... research and they've cut all of the things that make Disney fun and they've charged twice as much as it's worth. And it's like, I was going to, yeah, that's why I asked. Cause like I, I was, my assumption was going to be that it's so much more expensive it to is. do now than like three years ago. And like, if if you if like parents study this stuff, and like if you get on any of the yeah, there's like a whole it, meta, yeah. yeah there's like people are crazy shit. It's literally like there isn't a worse time <laughs> than right now that there's ever been to go in the history of Disney. So it's like I want to take it while my kid's still in that perfect zone to like fall for it. I can't think of like a better way to say it. Uh, but I'd also don't want to like willingly rip myself off. Oh. That's more than I thought, D- dude. Like, you're if you're looking at your vacation fund, you're like, oh, I have six thousand dollars. You're like, well, not enough to go to Disney World. Yes. <laughs> that's oh like, no, that's that's true. Oh my god, I had to so buy I had to buy plane tickets to Pennsylvania this month, mm-hmm. and uh, I can remember years ago, my dad would do uh, business trips. This is in the '90s to Japan, and tickets for me to get to Pennsylvania, they're pretty cheap. Come back, but going there are more than my dad used to pay to go to Japan. And I'm like, <laughs> what is life? <laughs> That's so much oh. money. <laughs> Dude, I'm just making shit up. It's probably like two grand now. For like a plane ticket. Probably. Well, we're looking at uh, tickets to go to the Nordic countries. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, it really d- just depends when you go. Like they have peak seasons. Like midsummer is huge in Sweden. Yeah. So tons of people fly out there. So they're really expensive. I've seen the movie. Yeah, I was, I was going to make the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they're it's stupid expensive. To go anywhere, um, where it, I don't know if it was just strictly COVID or like the more feeling the after shakes of all that being shaken up and like the air nobody flying for like a year, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it, it definitely was not this expensive even two years ago to do any of this stuff. Well, maybe three. What time's year fl- is it? Time's flying. It's 2023. I know. It's crazy. It's so four years ago. Damn. What the hell's happening? Yeah, I know. It's pretty wild. The COVID lag. It's real. COVID lag is real. Dude, the COVID time is like fucked. Like everything is like, it, and, and it's it's like random, like what the thing is. Like some things are super stretched and some things are super compressed. I only remember that the beginning of COVID is when animals. But enough about my penis. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> penis. Any follow-up to that? No, just penis. <laughs> well, speaking of prices, one of the topics is Five Guys prices. Oh, yeah. Have you been to a Five Guys recently? No, but I've wanted to. Sam? 
Uh, are we talking about the restaurant or the street service? Yes, the restaurant. Oh, yeah. then no. <laughs> okay. You're going to Five Guys. This is just simple prices. Not even prices. I hate prices, right? Rules. Just for the record, I hate that. Like over by two dollars. Like, oh, you didn't get. Fuck you. Wait, what are you talking? Wait, what? like when, like when you're when you're doing like a numbers game where you're guessing the price of something. Oh yeah. And someone's like, oh, that your guess doesn't count because it was two dollars over because it's prices right rules. Oh Fucking yeah. Stupid. I hate that. But anyway, price is right. You get you go to Five Guys. Yep. You get two double cheeseburgers. Yep. Two fries, two drinks. What do you? What's like a? What do you expect that to cost? 40 bucks. $57. No fucking way. $57. That's actually ridiculous. They have giant sacks of fries, like bulk. There's no way it costs. Outrageous. That is $57. It's like go to Five Guys for some greasy ass burgers and fries. Yeah. Or go to a very nice restaurant. Yeah, like a nice, like get like a good, like capital G good burger. Not not even like Applebee's burger. You get like a good burger. (laughs) That's ridiculous. With a tip. Here's my question Uh, because you might be the only person that can answer this question. Have you been to a nice restaurant recently? Yes. Okay. Because. I go to McDonald's now to feed my family. It's thirty-five to forty dollars, which feels yeah. Really there's bad. no dollar menu, and dude. When I was poor, but I'm sorry to interrupt, just yeah. like super quick. When I was like poor, you go to McDonald's, you get like McDouble, McChicken, large fry. You're out for like four fifty. Yep. Yeah. You're chilling. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. like twelve bucks yeah. now. That's yeah. where my brain is still at when I go. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, well, I'll just pop in, spend five bucks at McDonald's. They're like, twenty bucks. Oh. Um, yeah, five bucks. What's like get you eight nuggets? Oh, cool. Wow. <laughs> okay, but I always, I always say like, this is as much as it would cost at a sit down restaurant. And I don't do that. Anymore. So I'm just curious. Having yeah. been to a nice restaurant, have those prices, uh, um, gone up the same way? Like, have it, has it been? I don't. I really don't think so. I, th- I mean, like a little bit. Um, I mean, I just told you we went to the Gnome, right? Yeah. And just that's just like a nice like like mid-tier restaurant just like average just like normal local lo- normal local place where you go to get a beer and a burger or whatever right it's like good food it's like above whatever like chain like tj fridays or whatever tier yeah but it's not like white tablecloths or anything you know yeah um it's probably a little bit more expensive than it was a few years ago but like if the it's only like two people like when when everything's said and done it's probably only like 10 or 15 dollars more than going to a mcdonald's that's insane <laughs> That's <clears throat> the margins are narrowing like that. Yeah, I feel like the, In the fl- opposite way you'd expect. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like the floor got really high. Yeah, but like everything in the middle is kind of more or less the same as it's like a little bit more because like everything's I, I a little like bit the, more. The but. average, it's like an entree is like fourteen bucks at like a mid tier. Yeah, sure. Like a red cow or something. Yeah, you like. go to red cow, get a burger for like fourteen, fifteen bucks. Yeah, yeah, with fries. And it's like a good burger. Yeah. That's and so like weird. you go to like McDonald's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's like same. ten dollars. Yeah, like a burger like a... and fries and a drink is like nine, ten dollars. Yeah, so weird. Yeah, like the value proposition for like fast food is just not there anymore. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, because it used to be like you go to Taco Bell with like a yeah, three dollars in your wallet. Yeah, and you get like ten tacos. Yeah, you got like three ones and like whatever changes in the cup holder, and you're eating like a king, <laughs> 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 like for not even a joke. And Dude. now you get nothing for that. It's so wild. Yeah, the fast the fast food meme is like dead. I don't I don't even know what the the argument is for doing it anymore. Cuz like uh, cuz before obviously it was just like calories per dollar. Like you just can't do better than like a little right, yeah. like a little Caesar's pizza or something. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I don't know, dude. Days. Fifty-seven fucking dollars. That's outrageous. For two people. Because I remember podcast. Five Guys being like slightly above fast food. Yeah, but not crazy. Yeah, that was what made it successful. Yeah, because it's like it's still they're like a old school burger place where they're like frying up the stuff. Yeah, shouting out like their code words. McDonald's. Your McDonald's order would have been like seven, eight dollars. The Five Guys order is like fourteen, fifteen dollars, but it's way better. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Now it's like twenty-seven. It's like no fucking way. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Maybe they started charging honestly for their fries since they usually fill up the entire yeah, they bag fuck with, you French shit fries. Up with French fries. Yeah. <laughs> that's still yeah. That's I don't know. That's outrageous. Yeah, that's my boomer topic. Things are so expensive now. I know. Did you ever think we'd get to the point? No, where I really. It's so food? funny. It's so funny how like every year goes by, I become a little bit more like a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself I unironically when, saying so many things that I was like, I'll never be like that. Every like time your every time your salary moves up another hundred K, you move one more <laughs> giant step to the right. Mm-hmm, <laughs> true. It's like uh <laughs> when I worked at DQ they had a five dollar lunch and it was like a burger, a, a fry, a Sunday, and a pop. Mm-hmm. That's five dollars. Now that's eight dollars. Now a medium blizzard is like nine bucks. <laughs> yeah, true. Damn. Life sucks, guys. True. You know what I was thinking about? Just kind of in the same vein. You know what's so funny is the 90s were such a great time. Like, empirically, right? <laughs> and yet the I, re- I remember <laughs> how everybody in my circle, like my parents' circle, everything, was absolutely sure the world was ending. Like, and like <laughs> that, that was at the height yeah. of like satanic. Like panic. the rapture is going to yeah, be like tomorrow. Yeah, the rapture was yeah, happening. Literally, yeah. And yeah, they would yeah. talk all the time about how horrible it was. And I just, you know... <laughs> I think it was pretty good back Things then. Things are pretty chill. In comparison. Like, what was so bad? <laughs> there was one school shooting. I wouldn't like for for how <laughs> that you know what that's a good that's comedy so bit right there. That's for how so much, funny. For how much like parents are like, oh, this generation's so weak and everything. Like just one war, one school shooting. <laughs> Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Funny. Try endless war and unlimited school shooting. <laughs> yeah. With no end in sight. Only one school shooting. That's such a good line. Yeah, it's that is crazy to think that it's like it was Columbine and that changed like everything. Yeah. Just there's so many like It was like Columbine and then like seven years later it was like Virginia Tech and then like seven years later there was another one. And now it's like (laughs) it's like um Pacific Rim, like the kaiju, like it's doubling. (laughs) There's one every like twelve minutes. (laughs) I mixed up uh Pacific Rim with the Pacific. <laughs> that Pacific. Like, and if you don't know, that's an HBO World War II movie, secret, like yeah, spiritual yeah, yeah. successor to Band of Brothers about the Marines in, in the islands. And I was like, there were no kaiju. <laughs> oh, maybe you didn't watch like, the I told series. you about. You didn't watch the director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> we watched well, they classified all the stuff series. over the kaijus. <laughs> you remember at Guadalcanal when the Japanese ambushed the American Navy? In the original version, it was Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> well no that's what actually happened yeah yeah i'm not saying it's not what happened i'm yeah. just saying that's the original the american cut. i mean obviously america doesn't want us to know about godzilla yeah but then like imperial japan was just happy to take credit you know yeah like, like obviously godzilla attacked yeah we clearly. like we all agree with that right yeah oh yeah okay sam just like i agree that the aliens the mexicans showed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god did real. you guys see uh, that <laughs> it's, that was so funny oh my they're god they're like Pinatas. 
That's some legit. They even had the, they have like eggs in the belt, yeah. like the X-rays. It's, it's so it's like funny. It's, you literally oh just put God. a paper mache pinata, and they're like, "This, this is an alien." It's like ah, I don't believe you. <laughs> You're not gonna convince me. Imagine that's what they actually. No, oh no, but like imagine that's what the aliens actually look like. That would be a hilarious <laughs> twist be of fate. So fu- like, if like we're all sitting here like ah ha 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 whatever, and then they all show up like playing basketball really well. <laughs> that's a callback. It is. I feel like such a fucking idiot, like sitting here laughing. Like, oh, the dumb Mexico aliens. And then they're like, see? And then they take my job. And, I'm and like, then but, but when they say see, they could either mean, do <laughs> you see what I mean? Or <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a little Spanish language joke. little Spanish 101 for you. <laughs> okay, Sam. Yeah. I'm looking at your topic. What were my t- I don't about night shifts. It's been so long. Oh, night shift. What did I say? You did said I just- night shifts are a ridiculous concept when you're a grown adult. Oh, yeah. So I worked. In- <laughs> I genuinely forgot that I put that in there. Uh, so I have night shifts in my job again. And when I was 20, I loved them. I actually only. What, what hours, actually? 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Damn. Okay. Oh, so overnight. 7 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. to be very specific. Oh, uh, um, you know, they got to they gotta fuck you for that 30 minute that's lunch. That's right. You took a lunch. You got to pay for it. Uh. <laughs> Um, and I used to love nights. I used to exclusively work them and it was the best thing ever. And, uh, I've had to work a few now for the first time in close to eight years and you get to 4am as an old man. <laughs> yeah. And you start, you start seeing the paper mache aliens out of the corner. Of your- <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm imagining some like cumulative, like psychic damage of like, you getting home just as like your wife and your kid are getting ready to leave. Yeah, that's kind of that sounds. I don't know. I guess you like. I'll I'd leave it to you to talk about it, but that sounds pretty rough. It's very bizarre. And like now, I like when I was working nights before, I had no responsibilities. I could sleep all day. You know, no, no big deal. Now it's like mm-hmm. I have things that I have to do during the day. And uh, the one cool thing about because like I'm actually working nights at the end of this week, the, over this weekend, and. Uh, the one cool thing is it gives you license to kind of be a scumbag in the days leading up to it because, like, <laughs> now I can stay up all night and play video games, and I'm not like a loser. <clears throat> I'm just preparing to work my night. That's shifts. what. Okay, I was gonna ask. Yeah, well, like, what your ritual was for like cycling on to like changing that schedule? Like, do you just like pull an all nighter the night before, yep. or do you like sleep all day? The oh, day no, before? you work. Like, you, what work do you, do? The, you. I stay up all night the night before. And I try. So, I have a few so by the time you're in bed at 7 a.m. at the end of the shift, you've been up for like 40 hours. Well, you. I mean, I stay up all night and then I sleep all day and then I go to bed. Oh, oh the day before. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, I'm not trying to. Uh, every, <laughs> everyone like, I work with Christ. just doesn't sleep. And I mean weirdly okay. so. Very weirdly so. They'll be like, well, I got 30 minutes today. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I, Excuse me? I, oh, yeah. And it's like dead serious. And I'm talking about for days at a time. And they might be. I mean, I don't follow them home anymore. Uh, they're not hot <laughs> anymore. And uh, yeah. um, they might be exaggerating, but they'll all talk about how they only sleep like an hour or something like that. And every time I'm like, "Screw that! <laughs> I'm gonna get at least eight hours." Like, Are they like twenty-two? No, they're all older than me. They're all like in their fifties. Oh my god! What the There's heck? no way. Yeah, they're not true. all. There. I, there's some that are just in their high thirties. I shouldn't say. Like, they're never gonna hear this. But. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, I start my losing it if I go two days with five hours of sleep. You start what if you losing it? Oh like, yeah, 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 I can yeah. do like one day with five hours of sleep. Anything more than that though, it's just like fugue state. It's like a around. recent development for like the last two years. 
Because, like, it was, I was pretty much indifferent to how much sleep I got. Like, I just go to bed and my alarm went off when it went off. And then, like, I would just do a day. And then, like, the idea, I would just, like, I, I don't know, kind of like this, the same constant level of energy throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But then now it's like, I'm starting to feel the drop off. Oh, at the end of the day? Yeah. If, yeah, you, if I only too. get, like, seven hours or something, or like, six hours, it's like, I don't know. Or, like, if you have caffeine too early. And then it just yeah, like, that's the other uh, thing. I feel like, and everybody's always told me that as you get older, like caffeine starts hitting you harder, or like you start feeling it more, and like that's starting to happen now. Like I can, f- I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that has. Oh, I just drink coffee because it tastes good, and like now it's like I'm kind of feeling a little buzz. <laughs> I'm starting to worry because I <laughs> no, think I think I drink more caffeine than any person I know, and it hasn't gotten. To I point scaled back a lot. I used to, I used to drink like two full pots of coffee a day. Damn. I would be wired all night long if I did that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I've scaled way back. I'm like, really, I'm like two cups a day or there something. There are multiple days where I'll have like a gram of caffeine. It's a gram a lot. What's in like a monster? 300. <laughs> Milligrams? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Damn. <clears throat> One gram. So two and a half monster. No, three, three and, and a third like a monster. Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some high energy. How do you, how do you take? Is it monster? How do you take it? Uh, any any way I can, baby. <laughs> you just <laughs> you just took whatever you got. I'm not a I'm not gas a, station pet pills. Yeah, if, uh, I, I'm, angry hornet or whatever. I'm, I'm like because I've always had a dick addict personality traits, and I'm that guy. You'll see me at Quick Trip <laughs> pulling the 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 different cans up and checking for caffeine content and choosing whichever ones have the highest amount on my way into work. <laughs> Like a little fiend, uh, <laughs> but it doesn't. I so is it more? Is it morning or during the day or like what's your what's your caffeine? My ritual, exact caffeine ritual is coffee on the way into work, energy drink after my first meeting, uh, energy drink at noon, and then there it depends on if I work the next day or not. If I work the next day, I will hold off because I want to sleep, and I don't want anything. I like I said, I protect my sleep. If I don't work the next day, another one at four. Okay. For, that's the video game energy. Yeah, that's to keep Paying you up till one to play Baldur's Gate. I see. I'm gonna go home and play with my daughter and then play Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Hell yeah. Maybe not the first part, just the second part. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on if I've let her out of the kennel that day. <laughs> the kid kennel. <laughs> Whatever you want to call kindergarten. They're very trendy. <laughs> Kinder kennel. Uh, speaking of, you wanted to speaking talk about Baldur's Gate. Yeah, it was yeah, just we should. Uh, did you about, like, we've all what played it now. There? Well, I have to go back and listen, but you brought it up, and then we started talking about something completely different. How did that happen? I don't remember. I don't remember. You were like Baldur's Gate three. Did we like crap on it? <laughs> no, I think we just like another topic came up, and it just I don't yeah. know. That's how it always works. We yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. set out to talk about something, and then it's just off to the races. But yeah, we've all played it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I beat it. Um. I am level. You, I'm in level right? ten, act three. Uh, Damn. Okay. Probably. Like, so you're I'm getting like, there. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say probably getting into the end game, but it doesn't feel like it yet. Yeah, act three is pretty big. I have a huge. I have. The, I, I want to say I can summarize my because we did a whole segment on it last week or not last week last episode. Um, it's easily the best game of the year. It's not even close. I love it. For Act One and Act Two, I thought it was probably the best game I maybe ever, best single player game I'd ever played. Um, it really captured me pretty good. They did an incredibly like 
rookie mistake going into the third act that I don't understand because they're obviously incredible storytellers. And I don't know mm. if they like just I don't know why they did it. You have this incredible energy coming off of Act Two, this huge armies marching towards a place. Uh things yeah. happen. It's very, very like, oh, the stakes are raised. And you're like, hell yeah, let's go and do the super yeah, metal finale. We got to finish this thing now. And then yeah. they take all the air out of it. And it feels like you're starting complete. And there's really good, like multiple good story arcs going into Act 3. But they take everything out of it and then they're like, oh, well, we're going to need to find some allies. And then even in the, the, in the script, you're like, well, I've been making allies this whole time. And they're like, nah, but not, you need more. So, Any real ones. <laughs> so go, and literally the instruction is go walk around the street and find some people allies that That's is the probably that, the yeah. worst third act dictate to start off on it takes all the energy out and then for all the story arcs that you do have for your side characters you have to go find them and you like yeah. stumble upon yeah. them and Baldur's gate which is the city you're in is huge like discouragingly huge as somebody that already put like 40 hours into this game Nobody wants to be going into the final act where there's all these stakes and incredible story things going on and feel like you're starting a sequel over from the beginning. And yeah. it, it probably took a week away because I just didn't try playing it for a week. I'm getting back into it now because I took a break. But man, that was just such a... It was almost like they started making a second game and they were like, no, let's just add it on to the end. Yeah, I, I had like basically the same story. Like the first, my very first playthrough, I was doing a bard. I wasn't really clicking with the entire time. Then I got to Act Three, and it was so directionless. It was like nothing was specific. There was no like direct like, go here do this thing as the other acts had. Or like, there was always side quests, but you had a clear idea of like what you're supposed to be doing for both acts one and two. Yeah. Um. But three is just like, okay, now, kind of go do everything. Like, like all the side quests suddenly kind of become the main quest and there's not really a main quest. You like, you have the idea of what you're supposed to kind of do. Like you got to stop this thing from occurring, <laughs> but they don't really give you the, uh, like it doesn't feel like you have a lead going into it. There's really. no momentum into it. Like there should be. Yeah. Like, like it should have, it should have, like they could have, they could have still done the huge open thing if they would have started the third act with a more, direct narrative focused portion of it i think but they kind of just drop you there i mean there there's the thing there's something that happens right at the beginning before you even reach baldur's gate in act three that's really cool uh, that's really really yeah it cool. is really cool and that had but good it energy really set to you it. up yeah but it doesn't like even really set you up that was that's where this whole you need to find friends thing comes from it's yeah. like okay that's not like clear direction <laughs> Um, and then they just kind of plop you in the third act. I actually stopped playing at that point on the first playthrough, partially because the bard thing wasn't working out, and partially because it was just so disorienting compared to the first two acts that mm -hmm. I was like, I just need to take a break. Then I re-rolled a new character as a paladin, so like a more martial type character, which ended up being a lot more fun. I will He's say that's like tips. A if, you're a person, if you're a person having trouble getting to the I started as a bard too, and found the game to be almost... Like I quit Same. in the first. I'm, I'm act. a rogue bard. Yeah, I, I quit. Oh, you get one shot. It's so easy. Like, yeah. In, oh, the game's on. hard. Especially it if you're a bard. Hard. <laughs> it is hard. I was getting yeah. stomped, and so I quit because I was. I did like the thing I typically do. I'm like, I'm a grown adult. I don't have time for this. I absolutely have time for this. 
but you know, <laughs> that's how you justify quitting on a game. Uh, yeah. I rerolled to a barbarian and had a complete blast. So let's just say you're like a fringe gamer and like you're playing and it's not clicking for you. Maybe just try one of the quote unquote like they get a bad rep for some reason. But I'm telling you, just being a straight melee like barbarian class made the game ten times more fun for me. Well, you like you need them like that. <laughs> it's all about balance. Like you can't have a party full of casters; you'll just get like domed by martial type enemies that just come and smack you until you die. Like, you need somebody to absorb stuff. So, like, there's definitely a point. Like, is it simpler in, like, that you don't have to manage spell slots and stuff? Yeah. But you're, you have to, like, I don't know. You think just as tactically. I don't really, yeah, I don't really get the shade that people throw at martial type character, really. Um, but, um, yeah, it, playing as a paladin was tons of fun. Because you get, like, super heavy armor eventually where you just, people will smack you, like, full force with, like, a, hammer and then it's just like you see the little zero pop up because it just doesn't even break your armor and you're like <laughs> and then you like smite them with a hammer <laughs> awesome um but yeah uh one thing i i put this in the topic list and, and now i'm curious to see sam if you're in agreement as far as rpgs go uh to my memory it was never really like this, but Baldur's Gate is like super horny as a game. Oh, well, I mean, I, it's, it's, I don't know if you picked up on it. It seems like okay. every character. Oh, well, actually, you you say first, and then I'll I'll clarify. Oh no, I was just going to. It's absolutely. I think it's a natural progression of like Mass Effect. I think those some of those games. One of the reasons they did well was because yeah. you could romance, and there was like sex scenes. I, I find it hysterical that it's so... <laughs> I sent you guys pictures in the chat when I finally got to bang <laughs> my romance. <laughs> I find it so funny just... So I, I'm a dwarf in it, and I chose that pretty specifically because it's just so, like, I love his stupid expressions. Because <laughs> I started out yeah. as, like, a, a, a bard dwarf, and I just noticed that he's always looking up at everything with his face. <laughs> so short. It never doesn't make me laugh. And it was even... And I'm glad I stuck with it because the romance is incredible because the characters that you romance actually have to bend over <laughs> <laughs> it's like a child so they're like legitimately trying to be like sensual and like like uh erotic and like it's a demon lady bending over more than in half to make out with the dwarf with the dumbest expression <laughs> it, it's so funny um i gotta try that that sounds hilarious uh, it's, it's being a short like our gnome dude i was laughing like, i was laughing so hard and like she's scraping his chest and he's got the same stupid face looking up <laughs> <laughs> Um, it is a really horny game here's my take on it. this is my honest take on it it doesn't bother me because every character in it all the main characters are pretty attractive and it only makes sense that if a bunch of attractive people were crammed together facing certain death they'd probably want to bang i've never been an attractive yeah. person facing death but i would assume if i was yeah, single young extrapolate and knew that the end was coming and i had big titty fire mommy you know <laughs> sleeping <laughs> next to me in her bra i'd be like yeah, why not? <laughs> That's right. Like, uh, so it doesn't bother me. It is, but also just on a basic level, sex sells, and it's pretty nerdy. So you know, you got to do something to bring people in, and True. it's just the fan. Like, let's face it, this is all about wish fulfillment, power fantasy, and it's built into the name, right? So what yeah. horny eighteen-year-old doesn't want to play a game where he's a stud who can bang tons of really hot, big-breasted women or big donged men depending on your preference right that's like yeah like who doesn't want that and so, that was definitely i think i think mass effect one 
was like the last where it wasn't so obvious. I think as soon as they introduced Miranda as a character and had like all the low <laughs> all the angle shots, shots of her ass like yeah, throughout the entire game, Miranda they kind of pulled the, it. Let me tell you the what. mask kind of slipped. I, think uh, I bought but Mass this Effect game, 2 for Miranda. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> but uh, in Baldur's Gate, like they at least still kind of like you had to work for it, right? Like it was like not an option at the first. In this game, if it's possible to romance a character, they'll basically start implying they'll have sex with you in the first conversation you have with them. I'll tell you one really good so, You're so forward. Like yeah. it's yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're just yeah, like, yeah. oh, do you want to? You want to go back behind those bushes over yeah. there? It's like I don't even know you, dude. What cracks me up <laughs> just, is how like how crushed. Like I think I finally know what it's like to be a woman, because like everybody comes on to you really strong and they get really mad if you turn them down. Like uh, the uh, oh the wizard, the warlock. <laughs> well, the wizard, oh. yeah, Gale. But I'm talking about the warlock. One night I oh, go to camp yeah, for yeah. a full rest and he's doing like this stupid dance by the fire and he's like, oh, oh it's, a, yeah. it's all about the shape of the body doing the dancing. Will you come and have some wine and dance with me? And I was like, no, I want to go to bed. And I'm not. It was like a five minute scene of him like looking down sad and looking back at me and slowly walking away. <laughs> I was like, calm yeah. the hell down, Baldur's Gate. And, and then for like Gale, he's just like approaches you and he's, he's like, like emotionally destroyed. Yeah. yeah, and he's just like, "Can we meet in a, a a meadow and I'll show you magic, like it really is the true magic." <laughs> and then I'm just like. Uh, no, that's okay. And then he's like, fuck you, dude! Piece of shit! I'm gonna tell you, you know <laughs> like, what's funny? Is Gale's not my main party, except for when I'm, I know, like, I'll go and I'll get him when I know I'm facing, like, a mob. Because I like Fireball. Yeah, yeah. But usually he's not in my party. So we didn't have a strong connection. So literally, oh, yeah. I'm not kidding. The, this is one thing I love about Baldur's Gate, how it changes based on what you do. So because he was just neutral towards me, he took me to the field with tons of magic, but he was just a bro. He was literally oh, yeah. like, isn't this kind of cool? And I was like, yeah, man. He's like, I'm going to die soon. And I was like, nah, we're going to face it together. And I was worried that that was going to trip a romance because, like, usually you can't be. <laughs> yeah. just, I'm telling it you, does, the female experience, usually just being nice to somebody. They if try you just and engage. You. Yeah. Um, and he was and literally, he looked at me and he's like, ah, I know you don't mean that. We're not that close. Why don't we just sit here in silence and look up at the sky? <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. So then we all just right. had like, cool. a bro moment under the sky. Maybe I'm just too nice to all, like, my party members and try yeah. to treat them all you're equally. stringing them along is what you're doing i guess so bastard well i i mean shadow heart's the one and only for me in any playthrough I, about it's just fire mommy. oh fuck who's the um Marlac. what is her name the the troll lady. oh lazelle yeah that you meet in the intro yeah i can't find her anywhere oh yeah she's in the cage I went, in act one up, up, she's yeah. i went the all the fuck around all the other because ever this is that's how i found gail Oh, because the, I was yeah. like, she has to be around here somewhere. Like, like I, I'm missing. This is like obviously like a party, like a person that I like went out of my way to save. I have to be able to get them at my party. And then I phoned Gail. And then I, ca- I, I swear I've walked around that whole like ship crash landing site like ten times. I can't. Yeah. Find I won't so make like, fun of you. Cause on... I missed her the first first time when I was the bard, but I found her the second yeah. time. I didn't pull Gail out the first playthrough because I thought it was like a, a little trap. Thing. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, ah, sure. I'm not fucking with that. Um, but yeah, if you go past where you find Gale, mm-hmm. there's like a little ravine and she's hanging in a cage. She okay. got captured. It's okay. like to the northeast of where the ship crashed, I think. She's like I super, right. super okay. important to the story. I wonder how the game would go without her. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's like, not like 
all the side characters have good stories, but she's like integral to like the main plot. So I'm really it's curious how the game would adapt if you didn't have her. In your they'll party. they'll pull like a Mass Effect and they'll just drop in like a replacement character who's like the same height, weight, <laughs> age, gender, oh, yeah. race. <laughs> yeah, and they'll just give them. They'll call them instead of Morden, it's like Borden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I forgot about that because I think uh, Rex died in my first Mass Effect oh, two yeah? playthrough, and then there's just some random. It's just some, or not Rex. Um, oh, what is his name? A grunt. The tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he tank died. Bread. So but- then they like, <laughs> then there's just like some random Krogan. It's like, oh hey. <laughs> And there's like no custom dialogue or anything reason to like talk yeah. to them, and they just kind of hang out. And they're like, "What's up?" I will say, you know, like, regards to, to Shadowheart, like you said, Carlac is my romance partner. I will say that it's led to one of my least proud Google searches of all time. Not kidding. Picture two in the morning. Old Sam is boxers <laughs> in the chair, legitimately googling. Can I have a thruple? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like both of them so much. <laughs> That's so Can't funny. Can't we just do that? I think <laughs> and sometimes they, like, with some of the dialogue, they imply that something like that can happen. Especially the druid guy. He seems like DTF apparently or you, Apparently you can with <laughs> a lot of the characters, but not specifically Carlisle. Just a massive long rest orgy. Shadowheart is only interested <laughs> yeah. in the novel. I guess so. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying before that. Well, about, it's a horny ass game. I, I guess that was the whole point. We're talking about like the Mass Effect like replacement characters. Oh yeah. No, I don't, I don't thought jogged anything. Anyway, <laughs> my Baldur's Gate problem. I have like an ADHD problem that's like not letting me play Baldur's because like to like play Baldur's Gate, I need to want to sit and play a game for like three hours. Yeah, that's yeah. like minimum. Probably not more than like four. Probably like between three and four is like the number of like. That's what I would want to dedicate dedicate to the game because, like, especially like the longer you go, the more wind up time there is to like get back up to speed with like everything you were doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm just so like, I'll sit, I'll play like one Dota game, then I'll play like a Super Mega Baseball game, yeah. and I'll put like some mini motorways, and then I'll play one more Dota game. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, just like, like that. Yeah, little bite sized chunks. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. So I need I need to just like take a fucking Vivance or something and like <laughs> it's, it's hard it's hard like it's, play uh, Baldur's Gate it took like three weeks because it, it is like the it's like it, it is the best game of the year yeah. it's just like it's so good and it's yeah. so thoughtful and like well made and like I don't see anything on that's <clears throat> the one thing I'll say is Baldur's Gate really I think ruined Starfield for me yeah I, I see that Starfield is just like another Bethesda game. I love Bethesda games. Mm-hmm. But the insane reduction in complexity that happens <laughs> yeah. between going from Baldur's Gate 3 to Starfield, it's just kind of like I need more meat or yeah. something to like keep me going instead of like talk to this weird person who... Can I talk about Starfield for a little bit? Yeah, let's do some Starfield only, I have not I have not hours. tried it at all, so I won't have a lot of input. But please go off, King. The one thing I was going to say is the cutscenes are so annoying. Like where the camera just wildly swings to someone's and none face. Of, none of the NPCs are ever fucking looking at you. Yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and it'll be like two NPCs having a discussion. And then it'll like the camera, they like cut to front, like full on front shots of the person talking. Yeah. And then the person they're talking <clears throat> to, they do the same thing. So there's no like camera continuity. Yeah. You don't feel like you're in or the cutscene. Or sometimes, sometimes the camera will be, will be like scripted to like be looking at a certain place. 
but the NPC that's scripted to be there isn't there. Yeah. So the camera will just be like looking at the corner of a room and there's like two people talking. Someone talking somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. And then they really needed to figure out a better way to do the space travel transition stuff. Yeah. It's like menu diving the game. It's like, yeah, I get what they were going for. I feel like the experience of like doing it and traveling around, like it's just not quite, it's just not there. Like at this point, I wish you could just go back to your ship, select a planet and say, just bring me there. Yeah. Instead of go back to your ship, take off to space, yeah. lay in the coordinates. Oh wait, it's out of range. So you have to stop arbitrarily before yeah. that. You then can, you, have to do it again. you can just jump to a planet, but a lot of the times it's like in the control of some faction. And so you you jump to the planet, but then the game fast travels you to just that system. And then you have to get fucking scanned. Oh, yeah. And then you can fast travel to the planet you wanted to go to. Yeah. Too many steps. Yeah. It, yeah, I agree. It's It looks beautiful. And it is really, the gunplay is really good. It, it is, is actually It is fun. Really and I can see myself eventually, like this winter, I'll probably be like, oh, I'm going to play some Starfield. And then I'll really get into it. Yeah. But I'll, right off the heels of Baldur's Gate 3, I'm like, this is not, it's just... It's yeah. not doing it for me. It's just normal. I mean, for me, I've been playing it like normal Bethesda game. I just do all the faction quests. Th- those are fun. Like I'm, I had a lot of fun doing that. I don't I don't care about the main quest. It's like whatever. Yeah. Um and like the main quest like side the like the side quest thing that you do for the main quest is like repetitive and like not even doesn't really like do a anything. surveying thing or yeah, something like yeah. Mass Effect surveying. Yeah, yeah. Um it's like their equivalent of like the, you know, like in Skyrim, like doing, like finding like the shouts. Oh, yeah. It's like something kind of like that. Um, that's just like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, but like the this, uh, the factions are cool. I've had a lot of fun doing the faction quests. I like the best part of the game for me was just like walking up to some random kiosk in a city and like applying for a job. And like you answer like some multiple choice questions and then you end up like joining that faction and it's like eight hours of gameplay or something that was really fun yeah like i i haven't played that much but i started the uh where you're basically the space sheriff yeah the free star rangers yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, that yeah. was pretty fun like the first quest where you're like going through the canyon it like felt like a western like yeah I get, like that was fun you get what they're going for yeah, yeah they're all like themed somehow yeah yeah i haven't tried really anything else i don't know i just haven't been able to pick it up again and now that uh cyberpunk update came out i've been really i want to try that, that. Hard again yeah um but yeah, I guess to wrap up on Baldur's Gate 3, I will, I guess I'll just give my thoughts on the overall, since neither of you have beaten it, so I'm not going to nope. spoil anything. Sorry. It is very good, and it does get very, very good in Act 3 again. But there is just that, there's like the continuity gap between, you just finished this awesome, huge, very important story thing in 2, so you're like coming off the heels of that and you're feeling like really good like now we can start kicking some ass and then they're just like here you are. is it kind of like mass effect 3 where it's like oh shit the reapers are here it was real and then you just spend 20 hours like flying around doing random yeah, shit it really that's is. pretty yeah really that is, that is yeah. it yeah, <laughs> yeah okay um, yeah, yeah, yeah. like somebody um, i think it was like reddit or something described baldur's gate 3 as being the entire mass effect trilogy in one game which yeah. i definitely see like all the acts are structured like the same way sure i just wish they would have had a more smooth transition between two and three but three does get super good just like mass effect three does it gets really really good mm-hmm. uh it's just the beginning you kind of feel like you're meandering like you know there's 
you have to do this important thing, but there's not really any urgency when I don't know if Bizarrely. they could figure out a way. Bizarrely. Like, like I, I don't have... want to spoil anything, but there's literally a giant army marching towards Baldur's Gate. Yeah, yeah, and it's it has a head start on you. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, we're already behind. Like, if they would have, this would be really annoying. Now that I'm thinking about it, but if they would have been like, okay, you get five long rests before mm-hmm. it just ends, like the yeah. ending happens, and that's you. So you have to cap like do as much as you possibly can in these five days to prepare for it just to like put some urgency into what you're doing but instead it's just like you wander around until you figure out how you basically want to tackle the ending and then you just do it okay and then that's the end it's good and like the more time you like spend wrapping up companion quests doing other side quests and stuff you are better off equipped for it but it doesn't none of it feels necessary leading into it so that's like the major complaint the thing that has me hooked is that there are really good good, there are really good like sub stories otherwise i might have quit but i really want to see what happens with the end of the Raphael story i'll see what happens at the end of the vampire ascension story yep i want to see the end of shadow hearts story oh and i have to know about i need to know how to uh save fire mommy that's like the real reason i'm playing is i need to save fire mommy that well they uh actually gave i i beat it um before they fixed her ending what was wrong with it well i i don't want to say too much okay but she didn't have really an ending before so i guess they filled it out because people complained they're like why this main character that everybody adores just it just stops okay no they had to bring in the voice actors again oh shit dialogue like build it out because there was not an ending. So I have no idea what her new ending is. I just know her love. The last one was just like, oh, okay. Bye. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so hopefully it has a little more uh, meat on it. Especially for somebody who's like, that's their romance choice in the game. It would be <laughs> getting the first ending after all of that. <laughs> And having romanced her specifically would be like a slap in the face, and I can totally see that. Speaking of Fire Mommy, you know what topic you wanted to talk about, Sam? Uh, was it Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna we, keep it super brief. I think we. It's so funny that you put it in because like you're rewatching it, right? I'm done now. I rewatched it. I've seen the entire okay. show again. It's so funny that you you put it in the group chat. Because at that exact same time, YouTube had been down like the fucking rabbit hole, just like recommending nonstop Game of Thrones clips. And I just can't stop because like the good moments of that show are just untouchable by anything. And it's not close. What happened to Game of Thrones, dude? Also, wait, you know what? Just like as a random aside thing, it, that's so funny. Um, The Game of Thrones universe isn't like particularly religious or superstitious. Um... It's like people talk about the gods and stuff, but it, it seems like symbolic, you know, like nobody actually cares, like the old gods and, the, you know, whatever. But like, why didn't the Lord of Light have any clout in that universe? So that's how it is in every in every fantasy universe. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> is like is like the only one doing real shit and it's like super OP and like nobody believes in him. Or cares. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? It's like the only. I. I'm trying to remember. I think it's the only instance of like any kind of magic 
or or any kind of religion like being real. Right? No, there's the like there's the old universe? gods. There's the the three eyed raven, who's a member of the oh, old gods. Oh, that's in the true. Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, true. Okay, fair. Yeah, the the whole thing about that is that it's supposed to be like the board game and the credits are the gods and like the sun flying over are the gods playing the Game of Thrones, maneuvering the people into their places to do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, you'd have to take it like it's it's like in every fantasy universe where the gods are absolutely real, but they don't really intervene. Usually, the forces of darkness are like way more present and strong, <laughs> and it always cracks me up. Uh, Baldur's Gate three actually does that. Diablo does that where they're like the devil is definitely real, the darkness is definitely real, and you know the good gods around too, but he works in mysterious ways and uh, might have just a <laughs> chosen person or two with a little bit of extra magic. But, I love that about Diablo because they make all the angels just douchebags. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just like so like ivory tower. Yeah. Like, yeah, this doesn't really concern us. Like your entire world being raped by <laughs> demons, <laughs> not really a big deal for heaven. And like, I think that's okay, just because you. I guess it would be I guess it would be face level uninch like conflict is the joy of storytelling, and I guess it would be fundamentally uninteresting if like an all powerful force of good came and solved all the problems. <laughs> Yeah, act one, you just pray, and then God's like, oh, shit, really? And then he just comes out and smites everything. And then the Satan's doing what? Yeah. <laughs> hey, cut that out. Lightning bolt. <laughs> um, what happened to Game of Thrones? I, you know, I, I, I have... I, I know what happened to Game of Thrones, and it's really not fair. What are the, the creators? They were the D&D. I know that because it's like Dungeons & Dragons. The Brothers D&D, right? I can't remember their names, yeah. I'm not going to either. Um... Dennis and David. They got seriously screwed. They got seriously screwed. Because, like, here's the deal. They never signed up to be writers. They loved Game of Thrones. And I genuinely believe they loved Game of Thrones, the books. And they put a... Well, we've seen what they've done with the actual, like, written material. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And and they they were... you. I've seen interviews of them talking about how hard it was and how hard they worked to get the adaptation. They had to get approval from George R. R. Martin. And they got that by him basically quizzing them on the books and asking them questions and he, they got them all right, proving that they were really good fans. And then they worked really hard pitching to it and got it to HBO and made a hit and clearly are some of the best adaptation writers in the business with real passion. But they never signed up to come up with original content. And when they first got the deal, you have to remember, uh, there were only like supposed to be one or two more books to the series. And I guarantee you, they were like, well, it's going to take years and seasons and seasons to catch up to the book. You'll have the other books yeah, out. Yeah, and the book will be out by yeah, then. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll just keep adapting. And George yeah. R. R. Martin himself was probably like, oh, yeah, of course. Because he didn't. That, the thing that happened to George R. R. Martin is he made just insane super money uh, when the show came out and everybody bought the books. Yeah. And he's like, why would I write or do anything ever again when I can go to these conventions and bang 20 year olds? <laughs> <laughs> like, he'd been writing his entire he had a full career of writing with medium success and suddenly reached superstar status so that's the payoff so why would you keep grinding once you've had the payoff um, yeah. and he's never going to need money again and he's older and everything's harder and he, yeah he's not going to finish the last. Um, but these, these that, so the first seasons of Game of Thrones are S tiers and even watching them again, it's amazing just how good they are, how good the characters are, how good the story is. Even the production, the just like the sets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the costumes and shit. And they're they're, they're much more so sparing good. with the CG early on, which yeah. I appreciate. Um, I mean, I haven't even really watched that far. I think I stopped. How many seasons are there? Eight? 
seven? Seven or eight. Or is seven. it eight? Okay, I think I stopped I get at confused because I started four. splitting seasons in half, and it's hard to remember. I think... I'm trying to remember what Season four was peak. Four. That was, like, the last really genuinely good season. When they had the, the gladiator match with fucking The Last of Us guy... I want to say that season oh. five, maybe, even. I think that was five, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so maybe I made it that far. And then he just dies in two seconds and gets his face crushed. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you know what's uh, funny is that I remembered that too. Like he just showed up and died. Like I thought that was his character. When you watch this show again and you see the way they build up to certain characters and certain areas of the world and like knowing what you're looking for, they actually gave him a really good introduction and whole arc. He's there okay. for a while in that season before he dies. It's just if you don't know that he's important, you don't really pay but he's around. Yeah, okay. He's he's and I feel like, he's like what he's what he's angling for, like his arc, like his his companion quest, yeah, <laughs> is yeah. like pretty evident early on, and he's pretty like clearly trying to work towards it. Like once you know what it is, yeah. Watching it again, like he comes in and he's uh he's the dude, and he gets a chance at what he wants, and he blows it. And that's uh that's what's fun about Game of Thrones is that um denial of expectation that then they lose when they start making. It. Um, so anyway, going on, so they, they reach the end where there are no more books and you can tell right away, you can tell, <laughs> you can tell, yeah, you can. right? Like it's, it's <clears throat> so obvious and everything changes. The whole spirit of the show changes. The dialogue changes the way the plot's given changes. And it feels like George R. R. Martin gave them like cliff notes and was like, yeah, figure it out. <laughs> when well, it's like, dude, the last like three seasons, like every few episodes, they just keep dropping huge bombs and then doing nothing with them. Yeah. And then like the the like, like lost. Yeah. Like the thing about Game of Thrones is like it was like such a real world, and like somebody would make a decision or like something would happen, and like the ripples would like change other things, and like things would happen because of things, because of things, because you know like yeah, it was all like a it was like a closed system. It felt like, cohesive. Yeah. And then it was just like. M. Night Shyamalan plot twist. And then, like, two episodes later, like, nobody remembers. Nothing happened. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel kind of bad I for should, I should watch it. Because they clearly weren't writers. They got stuck with the project. They couldn't quit. They wanted to get out of it as quickly as they could because they were getting promised really good projects like Star, Star Wars and stuff. And, um, Which they also ruined. Well, I don't. Oh, Star- they didn't get did to do it. Do I don't think. No, they, their project got canceled because thought- Game of Thrones bombed so hard. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, never. They mind. lost okay. everything because of how bad the end of Game of Thrones was received. God, it was so bad. Um, and it is that bad. Yikes! It, I don't. You know what? It, it's not. It, it's. I, I'm going to say something weird. It's not as bad as I remembered it being, but it's still very, very bad. Was the Starbucks cup thing an ad? I think it was. I didn't I look for know. it. I, I think that actually happened. I'm pretty sure it was. Well, maybe it was. No, I, I know, know it happened. Yeah. But was the impetus of them, it, was it intentional that they I left have it in no the scene? I mean, I, don't, I really don't think knows? they cared anymore. I, you well, get this imagine really... Starbucks approaches you and they're like, I don't know how you're going to do this, but we'll pay you $17 gorillion if you put a Starbucks cup in That's one scene so of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and then they can just backpedal and be like, oops, that was, a, that was an oopsie, and then erase it. I mean, it's not, I, a, it's not it's impossible. Not they had a... Uh, Man, what's his name? He's super famous. Redhead singer, dude. Ed Sheeran. Ed she- they have Ed Sheeran in an episode singing. So, I mean, it's not yeah. impossible that there wasn't, like, an intention. It's so funny how, like, 
they just fumbled every plot line. Yeah. Like every single loose end ended in the worst conceivable way. Like it wasn't even just like, oh, they kind of fumbled this and that, but like the rest of it, whatever. Like all of the worst things happened. Yeah. And and you know, yeah. and it be- and that's why it's so obvious because it's very clear that they spent years adapting these characters but never really got in their skin. Because nobody acts like themselves in the final season. Who That's has a better awesome. story than Bran? Oh, the worst part. H- Holy shit. That sh- part does not hold up. a bullet in my head. And dude. what they do to John McQueen. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he goes from one of the most important people in the show to like this little puppy following Daenerys around. And she's like straight up a dictator who's like murdering people. And he's, it's so unlike John. He's like, well, she's McQueen. <laughs> And you have Val- the behind the scenes thing. Oh well, Cersei kind of forgot about the <laughs> the Iron Fleet. Damn, I gotta or watch how, this. Or how the, how the dragons got hella nerfed. Yeah, it's like somebody invented the harpoon. Yep. And then it, there's just like sniping one shot sniping dragons out of the sky <laughs> with harpoon. It's wow, so- we adapted to this quickly. Oh my god. Um, and there's problems where like people can travel across the whole world. And just, I mean, people have written about this for forever. Every single problem yeah. has been addressed. But it it cracks me up. Even like, uh, what's the name of the Bob, the dude with all the uh, sparrows, or like the the the, the spies and the listening? Uh, Varys. Varys. I wanted. To, I was calling him Varys. He turned into a retard. And he's straight. Yeah, he was up, the he was the the conniving wheel and dealer maker yeah. from the. Oh, early and season, he's right? straight up like Ned Stark. He could have saved Ned Stark, and he doesn't because he's like, sorry, it's not in my interest, and I got to look out for me number one first. To the final season where he's like blatantly telling people that he's going to betray Varys. <laughs> It's, oh, wow. a, it's killed for it's it. It's sounding better the more you describe it. It's so yeah. funny. You should watch this. It's, it's everybody worth watching. who was intel. Yeah. Everybody, every smart character like Tyrion and Littlefinger and Varys and stuff, they lose like sixty IQ points <laughs> when like season six starts. Oh man! And, you know, like, maybe it's I don't. And there are some actor really problems too. The the redheaded daughter. Who? Oh, oh Sansa. Sansa. They tried so hard to make her like a formidable badass character, and she never pulls it off. And in my opinion, probably true, one yeah. of the cringiest scenes in the whole show is Littlefinger's execution. Because they try setting up this twist like it's going to be so amazing. And she's like, she pulls Ari up there. And she's like, I guess there's nothing we can do. And she's like, I'll get it over with then. And then like supposedly badass as looks at Littlefinger and goes, Littlefinger, you've been bad. And it's like, what is this? <laughs> Naughty, naughty, naughty boy. He's like, oh, 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 who could have anticipated that they wouldn't like me trying to blatantly put them against? It's like a, it's like a heel turn, like wrestling, just (laughs) over the top. It's like, oh, and it flops. Oh god, damn, damn. There's still some really gem episodes in the last few, um. Like the big battles and shit are still like mm. as dope as they ever were. Mm. You don't think so? Mm. No. You didn't you like Battle of the Bastards. Was oh no, just, Battle like, of the mid. Bastards is the best episode of the show. I'm talking about like Endgame, Endgame stuff. That was like season seven. That oh. was like the end of season Battle seven. Battle of the Bastards is my favorite episode of Game of Thrones. Chalk it up. Like yeah, I think that's, that's like that's peak. That's, that's like the, the best that's like the the eleventh to last episode. Oh, it's like right at my the bad. End. I thought you meant like final right season. Like, well, wasn't that the closing? a season i never watched it but There's they always did the big it. shit yeah. in the episode before the last one then the last okay. one was so like, the, like the, black was it black harbor or whatever was the yeah, yeah. blackwater bay blackwater bay red yes. wedding attack on the, the wall Masters. oh yeah okay so i think yeah. the attack on the wall was attack on titan the last 
Is that the one where John gets pumped full of arrows and stabbed and shit? No, that's yes. that's way later on. John gets Wait, stabbed I love, by his. Uh, by the one of the sickest one. moments of that show is when I love the. I'm. I. It's so fucking sick when they're like, "Drop the scythe," and you're like, "What are they talking about?" Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. just like a thing that every character knows about, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, it's just and they the do the <laughs> comically large fucking thing that they just they that, that they like chisel the... out of the ice. And, <laughs> oh my, it's so sick, dude! Fuck, that's me. so funny. Just thinking like from like a military design thing, they're like, well, "What if they use ladders on the wall? What if there's people climbing up this ice start, wall? They start climbing up. Well, we'll just build a big fuck you scythe we'll and we'll drop it. We'll just have a twelve thousand pound scythe." <laughs> Where are we? How are we gonna build this? <laughs> what materials? <laughs> Doesn't matter. So, so just sick, get it done. You know, one thing I didn't realize the first time I watched the show, just three seasons and everything like that, is how much time is supposed to be passing over the course of the show. Like, because they don't age the characters at all, you feel like it's all supposed to take place in like one year. Turns out it's been like a decade over the course of the seasons because you'll have them talk about like yeah. little, little subtle dialogue. They'll be like, "Oh, John hunted for years for the watch and stuff like that." Weird. It's just something that I'd never caught before. <clears throat> Where like your impression is that like John's entire tenure at Castle Black was like four months. Yeah, showing up, going outside the wall, coming back. Becoming... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good show. It's worth watching. Just it, it's man, it's it's just become so evident when they got bored with the project and weren't interested in writing it and got screwed, and they really did get screwed. Now they lost their careers. <clears throat> they kind of deserved it. Kind of, but I will tell you this. I think that they should be in charge of every adaption that Hollywood's trying to make because clearly they have a real talent for... It's probably fair. I mean, like, at some point you have to realize that, like, your talent might have run out yeah. or, like, you're, you might be working outside of your wheelhouse. And I feel like if they had gone to HBO and been like, hey, yeah, we're, like, the number one people running any TV show on air right now. We are your golden goose. Uh, can we get some writers in here? Yeah. Well, apparently, I feel like HBO would have been like, okay. Apparently, from behind the scenes, it was kind of the opposite. HBO was actually begging them to like slow down, make more. Yeah, seasons, they wanted get some, one more season. Yeah, get some yeah. Writers. They wanted two more. They wanted three more seasons, including the last one. So they wanted two additional seasons. And D and D were getting uh, all these offers. AMC with yeah, Ben yeah. Skilligan. Well, Breaking Bad yeah. was perfect in every way. It ended exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, but they, but then they have like they're spinning up all the spinoffs now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now there's supposed to be a sequel to Breaking Bad now coming in the works. Is there? I thought I remember reading that. What would a couple it be months about? Ago. If oh, anybody Skyler. could do it, it's him. But I don't Skyler. know. Skyler's Breaking Living in Bad. Project green housing? meth or what? <laughs> yeah, green meth. Better Call Saul was like. It's pretty primo. Yeah, I that didn't believe primo. in Better Call Saul when they announced. It. I, I didn't either. Be yeah, weird, so. I was like, ah, spin off. Do we need? I one? think I said it on this podcast. I was like, they probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, but like uh, that that earned that earned the it's right to live. I think uh, Vince Gilligan has proven. Except El Camino he... was a waste of time, and I stand by that. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's unnecessary. You don't need to watch it. Like the ending. The way, I can't believe we're talking about Breaking Bad. <laughs> I was laughing about that on my end. Uh, the way it ends with him, like just just getting out, like after all the torment yeah. at the neo Nazis encampment or whatever, and he finally breaks out and he's like screaming down the road. That's a perfectly. 
that's a a good ending for that character. Yeah. Like it's like he's fine. He finally told Walton no, or what? Like the whole last scene thing. Yeah. Where he's yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. shoot me. And he's like, no fucking way. You just want that, and then he runs away. Yeah. So like they wrapped up his character arc perfectly for the end of the show, and then he leaves. Then he leaves. Sick. Yeah, and it works. El Camino, I think, is still good, but it's like it is unnecessary. I'm I am kind of confused why they made it. Um, because there was never money, 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 money. Yeah, I mean that's honestly it was got a Netflix. It. Movie. Netflix probably it was an early Netflix movie too. Yeah, so they're probably like, nah, I'll give you, true. I'll give you five hundred billon dollars to, yeah, to make a Breaking, breaking Bad, Bad movie. movie. Yeah, like, that's right. fair. That's probably so. True. That's probably true. Uh, it was still good. I enjoyed it. Um, they had a lot of cool stuff. It's seven out of like ten, to... which in Breaking Bad terms. That is true. Yeah, that's true. I think that's fair. Um, it just made me want Vince Gilligan to do a movie that was not Breaking Bad. I think I said I think before, I want to see him take on sci-fi. I want to see him do something completely different. Or uh, like, oh, he's he, perfectly suited for a western. He got well, his he got start his, he, doing X-Files episode. Yeah, yeah just yeah. like sending in like fan transcripts. Yeah. yeah. Um, it'd be cool like if there was ever another, I guess, X-Files movie. Yeah. Vince Gilligan would be great for that. Or... I want to see him do a western. Like the Breaking Bad is basically a western, a western. Yeah. and so it's like a lot I of think I saw Better an Call Saul. He said that he was trying to write a western, and that's what El Camino is. Oh, okay. I guess that kind of makes sense. I wish it would have been an actual western. <laughs> but uh, speaking of westerns, the new Martin Scorsese movie. Has anyone seen any trailers for that? Yeah, I've seen, that I one, saw a trailer today for that. Killers of the Flower yeah, Moon. It looks really, really good. That does look super good. Plus, Sturgill Simpson's in it, and Jason Isbell. Oh, shit. <laughs> and Leonardo I'll DiCaprio, am I right? And uh, Todd. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's in it? Dude, that guy is the most, uh, like, I. it's not even that he's ugly or anything like that. He's just the most unlikely of, like, successful he's just actors. Like, he's a guy. He's, he's just goofy. He's finding work. <laughs> like, Such on screen. level work. He was great in Fargo season two, he was, I feel like that's what I was going to well, okay, say. Okay, then. I feel like he just his presence on screen is just kind of goofy. It is. He's yeah. just like a goofy dude. But he's done like everything. And like all big. of his, all of his characters, like kind of lean into that. Like even like on Breaking Bad, he was like a psycho, but yeah. he was just like kind of like a weird, like kind of like goofy dude. Kinda, yeah, yeah. And like Fargo, he was a goofy dude. I don't know. I guess we'll see he what he ends do up Black playing. Mirror. He got, he's done like everything. And he was oh in, yeah. Uh, uh, was he was I, kind of a goofy dude in that. T- <laughs> I feel like ending things or whatever that movie. Yeah, he was in that. He was a weirdo in that for sure. So I guess he's well, just yeah, Hollywood's yeah. like weirdo. He's just Hollywood's. I, I guess we'll see what happens in this Scorsese movie. I'd be curious to see what kind of character he has. In play. Yeah, I saw a trailer. I mean, it looked good. That movie had me pretty hyped. Not like put it on my calendar hype, but I'll definitely see it. It looks like it yeah, could be same. really memorable. How many more movies is like I have in him? Scorsese, I mean. Uh. I don't know. I thought I thought the Irishman was going to be his last movie, like because yeah. it kind of caps off like the whole. All those actors are so old, like Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, and like he got all yeah. of them back. Al Pacino, and then it was a really good movie, and I was like, this is kind of a fitting like. I've had my time. See ya. Mm-hmm. But how old is he? He's got to be. He's in his eighties at least. Yeah, Let's he's see. like a very old man. So I. I'd say maybe one more after this, and that's like his send off. Like I'm done. I could see him dying if... in the middle of the making the next one. Yeah, he's eighty. Eighty, holy shit! Oh yeah, he's he'll get 80. one more then. He'll get one more. He's got a decade. Well, I mean, 
with Hollywood Clint Eastwood money. is still cranking out movies. That's true. That guy's a billion years old. Yeah. That guy's like, like that guy pumps out movies. I love have you heard any like his directing style at all? No. He does one take for everything. <laughs> like he just, just expects the actors to show up, act the scene, and then he's like, "All right, on to the next one." And like actors will be like, "I think I, I, I could probably do it a little better on a second take." He's like, "Oh, you want to waste every the whole crew's time? You want to waste my time?" <laughs> that guy's pumping up movies. Yeah, Damn! Oh my god! Edit it. They edit the whole movie in like. Three days, yeah. pump that shit out. Might as well just upload it to YouTube, and he should just be a content <laughs> creator. He's uh, doing vlogs. He's like, um, oh my god, I can't think of his name. The Twin Peaks guy. Oh, David Lynch. Yeah, he's like David Lynch, like doing weather updates. Yeah. <laughs> and sunny YouTube. California. What is that? Is he still doing that? I think he I stopped. have no idea. I feel I know he stopped, but I thought he started again at some. That I guy can't remember. Is so interesting. What do you think the next big cinema uh, wave is like going to be? Because like superheroes oh. are finally gone. Yeah, Cape Shit is dying. That's done. Um, um, what's next? I don't know. Let's okay. So let's like recount what we can. There was the whole spy espionage, don't trust the government stuff. Post Matrix was like the last big well, yeah, wave. Well, bef- like, and before J- that, we had... Born like, Identity and... Before that, we had like the macho, like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, Arnold big action movies. Like, yeah. Um, then there was like... Well, I guess post that, that's like late 80s or like mid late 80s. Yeah, and then like James Bond came back big in like yeah. the 90s especially. Then there was like the suave, goofier action stuff like Face Off. Like yeah, big blockbuster yeah, yeah. type, like the postmodern macho movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like John Travolta and Nick Cage. Yeah, like, neither of them are particularly macho. Um, I honestly really don't know. I th- I feel like it's gonna be like some super like post post irony like. I mean, I guess that's kind of what like, is um, the millennial aged <clears throat> elder millennials. What kind of movies would they make? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking horror. I'm thinking we're going to see a yeah, big spike in video yeah. game movies. We're going to see a big push to start trying video game movies. I think video game movies is probably a good call. That is probably a good bet. Like especially after like I think specifically because Super Mario Hollywood execs being like, yeah. "Oh, people actually care about comic books? That's weird." What do you Okay, so if like the Mario movie and like there was a tet- fucking Tetris movie. There's a Tetris. Well, that's about the guy who made Tetris though. It's yeah, not about yeah, Tetris yeah, okay. the game, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't actually know. I, thought... I think it's like the story of the Russian dude who okay, made Tetris. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so we had like Mario. There was a, the Sonic movie, which have are were the two very Sonic. Popular, I think there were two apparently. Sonic movies. Yeah, there's, there's two. two. They're working on a third one. Um, so like that's the foray. That's like the testing the waters, right? Those are like the big franchise, like the global. Well, like, they fucking... finally started getting right. There was been video game movies for yeah, a long yeah, sure. time. But like now, if like that's the formula that like it was like a kind of neat, except for like Resident Evil or whatever, there was never real Hollywood big boy money. It's just like how there. I think what we're gonna see. It's gonna be right? just like yeah. how there were superhero movies before Marvel took off, but it yeah, took yeah, Marvel yeah. to really. I think we're gonna see so a video like, game renaissance. If like Mario and Sonic and shit are like the test for like how well can these movies do, what it's what's gonna be like? What franchises are gonna be adapted that are, that are gonna be like the cash cow? All I know is don't touch Half Life. <laughs> Leave it alone. We don't need a Half Life movie. It doesn't make sense. There's nothing you could do where it would make sense. Yeah. 
They Don't touch try. that. They would try. I mean, I they, can see I'm Mass sure Effect. Would. Mass Effect. I was gonna say Mass Effect. Mass Effect would be a would be a good predictor. Um, Metal Gear Solid. They probably have they've tried, tried Metal Gear Solid. For a yeah, they've been trying to make a Metal Gear movie for a long time. Okay, because Kojima basically wants to be yeah, a, a yeah. movie director. I um, think he'd be good at it. He probably. I don't uh, think so. I think he'd be terrible. <laughs> well, I think I it think would be a disaster. I think he gets away with most, so much. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the most charming things about Metal Gear usually spawn from the gameplay. Like the thing everybody remembers is the Psycho Man is boss fight where you have to unplug your controller, plug it into another thing, and then he yeah. reads your memory card. Like all that stuff is like could not you can't make a movie yeah, unless it, yeah like yeah. you have a dvd and you put it and he's like oh you got a samsung dvd player <laughs> <laughs> or like i don't know like, that's so funny like it just doesn't make any sense i think it they would be too long-winded the dialogue scenes would be way too long well, i mean just i know you haven't played it but just play metal gear solid 4 and you know then what? tell me that you think he would <laughs> you know what jo- you know what movie. job he should have he should be like head concept artist yeah, like at, like a at yeah. like a design studio or like a VFX company or or yeah, like an idea man. Yeah, yeah an yeah, idea yeah. man That's... for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, but like creative always director been a problem or where something. He needs like somebody to rein him in, and I think Konami was doing that as best as they could for like the Metal Gear days. And even <laughs> then, we still have like it's just endless dialogue. Yeah, he's a genius. Very good. He has some of the, the best first... ideas in the business, but. I think his movies would be unwatchable, and I think I think even just even just sit down and try to watch all the cutscenes from Metal Gear. And even though I like and respect the stories, and we'll find we're gonna play through them and discuss them like a book club. We'll see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yep, uh, we're gonna do oh, it. Yeah, I'm I'm so ready for that. I'm I'm in it. But uh, so we'll like see if my opinion away? changes on that. Yeah. yeah, it's like near the end of the month. And uh, I think I think we're all probably gonna be surprised at how succinct and good Metal Gear Solid One. That's yeah, my prediction. I would bet that too. I was going to say the same. Because that's like his most concise, clear story mm-hmm. of all the Metal Gear ones. Two, he's they're just like, here's money, you just do whatever. And then he was like, okay. And then made Metal Gear Solid 2. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> just so much going on here. But um, the mo- first of all, all of his movies would be like nine hours long. Yeah. <laughs> He needs an HBO miniseries. And then on every hour and a half, there would be a, another character that comes in that retells what happened for the past hour and a half. Oh, like like after a Mythbusters commercial break? Yeah, where they yeah, reca- yeah, yeah. they would recap the entire story <laughs> just to make sh- completely sure that you're like, this is what's going on. He loves doing that. Yeah, just picture like, his all dialogue. All of Death Stranding was like movie. reminding. Yeah. Like, picture picture <laughs> that... Metal Gear Solid dialogue in Jurassic Park. We have a T Rex. Rex? Yeah, T Rex. T Rex? Yeah, T Rex. T Rex? I mean, like, T-Rex. It, it, it would never <laughs> On the battlefield, dinosaurs are long dead, <laughs> buried beneath mounds of bodies. Okay. <laughs> Turning into oil, which is then used to fuel endless wars. <laughs> we need to find outer heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> Do they ever pay off the Lale Lule Low like fully? We'll find out, I guess, when we play through it again. I don't. (laughs) As I recall, they don't. The first three, I know for sure. As I recall, the Lale Lule Low is what becomes the Patriots. Oh my God! Trying to discuss Metal Gear Five is so crazy. Lale Lule Low is the origin. There's the Philosopher's Legacy, which is the collection of data, the prequel. Yes, that's like what gives them all the money and wealth and power. 
then like the Lale Lule Lo is like the Illuminati like deep state agency that they had a hand in doing the whole Arsenal gear mm-hmm. thing. I'm I'm trying to remember all the intricacies here. Then the Patriots was Big Boss and or no Solidus. <laughs> no, because they okay four fucks everything yeah. up. Because they had they had the body of what they thought was Big Boss, but it wasn't. It was Solidus, That's or was it the, the reverse? Stupidest, some of the stupidest plot points. They didn't have Big Boss because Big okay, Boss comes yeah. to you at the end. He's as like, someone who's alive. never played, <laughs> as someone who's never played any of the games, yeah, hearing Solidus Snake, Liquid Snake, Solid <laughs> Snake, and Big Boss, it's just like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watch the donkey video where he's I've, explaining the plot. I've seen it like That's twice. like literally accurate. I've like, seen it like twice and like nothing stuck. I don't know fucking that's the whole story. Like there's so many great like character moments and stuff throughout the games that make them super worth playing. Like the ending of three will always stick out in my mind. Like the whole last um, act of three is so good. Two, I think you have to play it like at least twice to really like to have the you have to have the context of the ending to understand the implication of everything that's happening in the beginning. I think, mm-hmm. which I don't know. That doesn't seem like great storytelling. Um, but one is like just a straight espionage spy thriller mm-hmm. story, start to finish, and it has a clear beginning and a clear ending. Some genuinely good twist, as I recall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if I still feel like, that way. Like Fox Die and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but I guess we'll find out. It comes out on the twenty fourth, so three ish weeks. Are ago. we doing it? Are we doing it chronological or like in story? I think we should play them in the order they were released. That's what I was thinking too. Because three, you could play first, but I think having the information from the first two going into three is makes makes the story beats more impactful because you know where it leads. Like I th- it was released in that order for a reason, I think. Um well also he didn't even want to do 3. I think he was done after 2 and they were like we need another one. <laughs> so he's like I don't know. <laughs> but uh what else we got on this topics list here? Oh, we got to talk about Eminem. Oh shit. I know shit, you're not yeah. excited. I yes. I've never seen Tom like yeah, yeah, interested yeah. for these. And I know he doesn't like it. It's It's actually funny. (laughs) Yes. So I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, I never really listened to Eminem, even in like the peak when I probably should have been, you know, like when he was the guy. Uh, So I I had never before today listened to an entire Eminem album cover to cover. Damn, okay. I can always, because we've listened to trash on this. Yeah. We've listened to some of the worst albums I've ever heard. And you're still on it, and you come prepared and ready to go. This one you needed reminders, multiple. <laughs> then you were, and then I guess you did. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm I not hating on you. I just think it's funny. It's so obvious that you just do not. This is not for you. <laughs> I guess I don't know what put this mental block in my head about Eminem. Like I, I don't dislike rap. I love Kendrick Lamar. I like me and the Beastie Boys. They're like classic. Like. I, it's just something about um, Eminem never really caught my interest at all. 
I didn't watch like eight mile. I don't know if that's like a milestone thing you have to do <laughs> or like what brings you into that world. It was never introduced to me. So I guess I just it was like ships passing in the night mostly. Um, but yeah, well, we, we'll get into it. Why don't you start us off with your, uh, your background with this and why this album specifically, the Eminem show. Sure. So there was a, uh, all the albums that I've chosen for the series, if you've been listening a long time, have been my musical journey. Uh, of ex- like discovering and exploring different kinds of music. Eminem was definitely my first non-Christian rapper that I enjoyed. It was the twist from Blink-182 led to Eminem. And Eminem, I liked him, and I thought that he was a black guy. And I, I remember, and that's important because I remember listening to him talking about being white and getting very confused. <laughs> um, and then finally I was at my uncle's house and I saw a video and he was white. And I was like, oh, weird. He's actually like a white guy rapping? And I didn't think that that was possible. Huh? Um, I, you know, what, the when Beastie he, Boys not good enough for you? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have ever heard of them. <laughs> I was so sheltered <laughs> as a kid. Uh, he absolutely liked the shock rap thing. He was, he was a pioneer in that, at least in bringing it to suburbia. Um, you have to remember that at the time, like, South Park was novel. All of these things were novels. So like the humor that we take for granted that we have so much access to through TikTok and the internet and all these things now was a lot harder to come by at that time. So as goofy as it sounds, being a very sheltered teenager, like preteen teenager when he got big and hearing him say things that he was saying, and be like, oh, he can't say that, <laughs> was sure. super real. It was super effective. And he was a pioneer in that way. And um, I will say that even then, he was looked at as being corny by a lot of people. Like, I can remember the music guru at my youth group rolling his eyes that we liked Eminem because he was cringy and he tried too hard. Um, but I got to tell you, for the age I was at when I first heard it, it clicked with me insane, insanely well. And I, for a long time, really liked shock humor. I liked saying the things that you weren't supposed to say. And I liked, thought it was hilarious to make people like grab their mouth and be like, oh, you didn't say. And I think that comes from, you know, being raised by South Park, by Will Ferrell, by um, um, Eminem, and all these kinds of things. Uh, it was very interesting to go back and listen to this album now with adult ears. Uh, and we'll leave it at that for me. Corey, do you have any experience with Eminem? Not really, no. Okay. Mine was way later. I never really cared about rap. And if I did, I wouldn't have been allowed to listen to Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's probably... A key thing I'm missing for my backstory is there's no way in hell I could have unless I snuck it. So I absolutely snuck and I it. I didn't have any design. So to be very yeah, clear, yeah, I yeah. got this album. Uh, I went to the movies to see a movie. It was either Mission Impossible or Titan AE. One of those. And Ooh, Titan AE. Yeah. Now you're shit. my language. And I went to Can a... you take me higher? <laughs> I was just thinking about that movie the other day. I need to watch it again. I remember. I, I have. I don't remember a single thing about that movie. I just remember watching it, and it was pre nine eleven. That's the only yeah. thing. I remember. I remember. I went with a friend, and he was like the friend that I was always trying to impress in school in front of. And uh, I was just getting out of my homeschool state, and I was like, "There's blood in this movie, and death. Wow!" And he was like, "I just went and saw an R-rated movie the other day, and I was like, "Wow, really? Tell me about it." <laughs> That's what I remember from Titanic. Wow. Um. But I went and I bought the Eminem album. They let me buy it at the store that was in the mall. I can't remember. It wasn't FYE, but it was like a similar thing. It was where I bought all of my parental advisory albums because they didn't care there. And I put it down my pants and I snuck it home and I recorded it on top of one of my gospel tapes and I listened to it on my Walkman. 
Epic. Which is how that's I like, listen to all of my some, music back then. That's some S tier deception. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. yeah, that's what you had to do back in the day. We didn't, we didn't have smartphones. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Uh, so you guys had no access to it, but you guys listened to it. So I'm I, before I say my thoughts on it, I really want to know, like especially Tom, who'd never listened to a full Eminem album before. What do you think? Um, he's good. I mean, I, <laughs> that might be like saying that water is good and air is good mm-hmm. but he is very good uh i thought that this album especially nowadays from like a modern lens the only lens i know listening to it because i hadn't listened to it before is it's prescient in a lot of ways maybe more so now than it even was back then as far as like like a huge thrust of this album is like being able to say whatever you want and like freedom of speech as like a guarantee by the constitution and like all that kind of like they, there's a lot of like political stuff yeah in this album especially when he's like he's literally like fuck you tipper gore <laughs> <laughs> it's like and uh dick cheney's wife i don't remember what her name is debbie i can't remember uh or something like that i think it's um, debbie it's miss cheney is what he calls her yeah and it's uh it's so funny to think back then like you were saying all this stuff was like novel like there was not a lot of shock humor and stuff and like people just saying stuff for a reaction or at least it wasn't like common now that well okay so i think it bubbled big time and it started getting like a lot of shock humor or and like all this kind of like scummy weird aggressive angry humor like mm-hmm. right leading into like <clears throat> 2015 2016 then that kind of popped because i think i don't want to put it all on this but it definitely didn't help the whole trump election thing and like everything leading up to that and the things he was saying i think it broke a lot of people's minds so now we're like reversing back to tipper gore era you can't, there's some things you just can't say. I think, I think what was in interesting was it became very much like, we should be allowed to say everything, anything we want. And I'm guilty of that. We should be able to say anything we want. But the people that are in charge of us, the power should still be very, very, uh, yeah. should be very calm and well-spoken and should not be outrageous. Yeah. At least half the country but, feels that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think everybody's outrageous on like all sides now and just in different ways. Um, like we see the, the transition of, cause before for, for like censorship things, it was always like, uh, Christian moms groups writing mm-hmm. oceans of letters to like South Park to be like, stop saying to like put Pokemon out of business, stop saying stupid and dummy and things that are just, uh, now our kids are going to be saying that and all that kind of stuff. And now it's like the pendulum has shifted the other direction where it seems like, the people that were super into defending free speech, no matter how outrageous and vile it could be, mm-hmm. have are now the people that are trying to like reel it back in and be like, no, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else gets that impression, but that's just kind sure, of it just It kind of depends on what you're talking about. I mean, because like- yeah, I, it, and a lot of it is contextual and there's lots of other like moving parts. Uh, all this to say, the core idea of the album, we'll forget about all the shocking things said, said just for shock's sake, because I'm not 100% sold on 
like if you're gonna try to be funny it should be genuinely funny not you said the no no word like i don't think that's necessarily funny unless it's in the right context or something like that, that. was funny when season three of south park was coming out <laughs> yeah right like he said he said the b word but um the the value of there has to be people on the fringes of free speech to kind of define what is acceptable like in general society terms mm-hmm. like if there's no one pushing the boundaries or the boundaries are like closing in there's not it, it's limiting on like you trying to box in like an artistic expression about how like somebody talks or thinks like it's just gonna you get like generic awful crowd pleasing stuff now like yeah. pop music now. It's like the most milk toast. You get literally factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get just generic, boring stuff. And it's like, not everybody has to be an Eminem, like saying the no no words and like being mm. crude and stuff. But there has to be an Eminem. And it has to exist to like inspire different lines of thought around the same idea. I don't know if I'm rambling too much, but that's kind of like the. I think that makes sense. That's the whole what I kind of took from this album. I don't have a lot of the context because I didn't listen to it when it came out. And he references things that happened to him and other things. And also I learned that, I don't know if you either of you knew this, but he uh, doesn't really seem to care for his mom that much. <laughs> yeah, I kind of caught the same vibe. It was weird. I don't know if that's a known thing about Eminem. I don't think it is. <laughs> I think he's, he, there's must be something there that we just don't know. Yeah, I will have to, listen to other albums and find out i guess yeah i guess what it's really i i mean i can, I like the album i mean like there, there's some bangers there's some like all-timer bangers that like everybody's heard on the album yeah oh, there's even songs that like i've heard pieces of for sure that you've heard what sorry pieces of oh like, yeah, yeah i mean yeah, there's like, back back again yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah and there's like till i collapses on this album um uh, uh, the obvious banger, everybody's favorite square dance. Yeah, <laughs> is on this album. Everybody's favorite Eminem song. I did chuckle on that song quite a bit. <laughs> square dance actually is one of my favorite Eminem songs, unironically. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I thought that was true. one everybody hated. Is that no. the dosi do? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot. I guess it's like. I mean, it's pretty typical in all rap music, but like, there's a lot of like personal shit. There's like the there's like the song about his daughter. Yeah. There's like the cleaning out my closet, like the mom song, like the fuck you mom song. Yeah. Um, and there's like the, um, I think it's, in, is it in white America about how like the difference between like back when like he was poor as fuck and like not successful and nobody cared that he was white. Yeah. But then it was like a barrier cause he was like the only white dude. Yeah. So no one and would hire him. Now it's like. Now that he's over the hump and super successful, it's like making him even more successful. That I thought was really interesting. Yeah, because he even like he said the quiet part out loud. Like most of the people getting the records are like suburban white kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like acknowledges, and this is is this only his second album? Third, third big one. Third big album. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's still like early in his career. Mm-hmm. Usually, you don't make those things like super known until you've made more money i guess but at this point he was like mega he was a mega star this was his mega star album this was him at his absolute peak he was not still on the rise he was 
bona fide pop star royalty at the time the Eminem show came out. Was this post Eight Mile or pre? Uh, that all kind of I would have to look that up, but it all kind of happened around the same time. This and gotcha. that were like him at his peak because uh, <clears throat> there was the Marshall Mathers LP, then the Slim Shady LP, and uh, that made him a superstar. Uh, he was actually kind of a superstar right away from his first single, "High," or "My Name Is," I think it was. My name is. Yeah, and then this album was probably his last release on top of his throne. It kind of went downhill pretty quick after that. Is this the last album on drugs? No, no. You can hear it. you. Uh, his next <laughs> album after this was when he was. Wait, doing, what was the one after this? This, uh, I think, the one he did after this was Curtain Call, and that is him probably oh, nearly dead from yeah, kidney okay, drugs. Okay, and then okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I think he didn't clean up until I think it's like the album recovery or maybe even relapse. I don't know. I thought re- I thought one of those was after this. I forgot about Curtain Call. Yeah, all of those were after this. Eminem, he was absolutely high on this one. But, yeah, no, I <clears throat> I know he was off. He was <laughs> off the perk, literally, <laughs> for either recovery or relapse. I can't remember. I think, but I thought that was both. the one after Eminem show. I can tell you. Let me look up his albums. I'm not like as big of an Eminem fan as you might think. I definitely loved him when this came out. He was my hero <clears throat> when this album came out. I notoriously bleached my hair white. I was one of those guys. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> I have a tangential Eminem story, I just realized. Yeah, go for it. Uh, family road trip to Milwaukee to see a Brewers game. Mm-hmm. Stayed at a hotel in the hood of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Very old hotel. It was really pretty, but it was also not maintained at all. Yeah. Piece of shit now. Then there was a rap concert, like really close by, mm-hmm. all night. <laughs> and then we found out as we were leaving the hotel to go to the game the next day, it was a D12 concert. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, so there was Encore where he was definitely super, like that was him at his absolute worst. And then Relapse, he might have been sober. By then. I couldn't tell you okay. for sure. Recovery, he definitely was sober because that's like the whole album. I want to say that he was still really high on Relapse and sobered up for Recovery, but I might be wrong. And he's been sober since then. Or so he says. Yeah, or so he says. Who knows? I like how for the Kamikaze album, he just has the Beastie Boys album logo. Yeah. You know what's funny? You said Beastie Boys. That reminded me of this. Kind of tangential, but I was thinking like a month ago about like Fred Fred Durst became like a megastar, right? That guy's mega famous. His band was huge. He made a zillion dollars, right? Yeah. I still feel like Fred Durst doesn't quite get enough credit for like <laughs> just how much music changed because of him. I'm trying to think. Were they the first big rap rock outfit? Yeah. Or was there others before? I mean, P.O.D. Olympus? You could say P.O.D. Like for all sure. Time. But like but new now, metal, they were definitely like the band. Even now, today, in any kind of like modern rock or new metal or hardcore or anything even like the super poppies that you go like parkway drive or bring me the horizon or like um bad omens like those bands that are huge now yeah it's all still fred durst <laughs> it's all kind of funny yeah <laughs> it's all still him 
I mean, like it's not it's not literally just Limp Biscuit over and over again, but it's like you know what I'm talking. It's like any kind of music. It's it's it all like they, goes back to Fred Durst. They did it, a lot of the like the juvenile humor stuff. Yeah, has not transitioned over, but the structure wise, a lot of that does kind of stem from that that whole era of. I mean, it's basically the crust in the wind era. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where like when all those bands were actually super popular. Everybody who was listening to them who would later form bands were yeah. obviously influenced by them. Fred Durst like took over the world and we're also like still living in his shadow. <laughs> the, the shadow of Fred Durst. Well that's what they say. <laughs> the that, greatest like, musician They say Blink-182 launched a million garage bands. I think the same could definitely be said for Papa Roach and uh, absolutely Tumbling Biscuit. Yeah, for, mm, yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. You just need a loud guitar that plays intermittently so you can rap over it. You know how many new metal? You know, you know how many new metal bands I saw that were like local to the scene and like were primarily like Christian based, like locally, like from ninth grade on in the area, like the Red Room and stuff. That was like, yeah. <laughs> they were going. There was That's one so propagation hard. is one that really sticks out to me. Propagation. propagation. <laughs> yeah. We just uh, we just saw a metal show recently yeah shay and i in the very small venue deafeningly loud venue. oh yeah yep uh and the, the fucking second opener was a rap rock band yeah and i was like what year is it <laughs> it's was, like coming back i know it's so weird all the bands that are like so like all the like the the i don't even know what to call it i want to say it's like hardcore but it's not really well, like, I'm talking about like the Bring Me the Horizon kind yeah, of. You want to know why that's, that, that's the new metalcore, right? Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah funny, I, guess, like, I guess I guess metalcore is probably the right. The funny yeah. thing is, is that like what you're talking about, pop music got really uh, formulaic and really boring. Like we can all agree on that. And now all we're seeing is the same bands come back around and do exactly what they did in the early thousands, where they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're a little different. <laughs> we're a little more energetic. So listen to us instead. Like when A2 is putting out new music, some 41s putting out new music, Bring Me the Horizon is putting out new music. I think um, like the the metalcore thing that I'm talking about. I think like it all got super poppy in like the last like yeah. five. I don't, I don't even think it's a bad thing, um, but like the last like five years or something, they all went from making like autistic like like genty metalcore stuff to like super super poppy melodic stuff now, and like all those bands like ten xed in size in like one one album because like they just made that one change. It's the deal with the devil, man. Yeah. You want to make music that sells? You got. You want to sell Madison stuff. Square Garden? Yeah. I would do it. You Just hire, to be clear, I would. You hire, you hire Katy Perry's producer to like go through your album. I want to be and, very and, clear. And, I would make the poppiest, stupidest album of all time. Let me go around and make. I'm a not even dollars. shitting on it. I yeah. mean, like a lot of it's catchy as fuck. I would do yeah. it. It's pretty, pretty. And then good. you see, like Reliant K tried it and failed. It's so funny how sometimes it just didn't work. Yeah, out. yeah. Well, I yeah, I think they were in a weird spot when they, because that was before. It's definitely not cool to listen to like old Christian music now, but now yeah. it's like people don't care. Back then, when that album came out several years ago, it was right after like the peak evangelical. Like we talked about yeah. this before, there was like on the down part of yeah. it. So it's just like we don't want anything to do with this. I also feel like there's something to be said for like, is like your sound as a band, like easing your audience into new directions. Yeah, where like, I feel like the the direction that Reliant K eased into was more kind of like indie yeah like an indie sound and then went from that and then jumped like what should have been a like a two album transition 
to like a more poppy sound that like yeah. nobody really resonated because it was with. like uh, Nashville Tennis EP, yeah, and the Birds and the B sides, which mm-hmm. was like all cool experimental kind of alternative sounding music. Mm-hmm. Then they did two lefts. No, this was much later than that. Um, oh wait, no, I'm no, sorry. Then no, they no, did no, you're right, uh, you're right, you're right. forgetting not slow down. I think came after that, and then five score. No five. No, score no five was... score, and then. Forget. Tennis EP. Yeah, yeah Tennis then, EP. Then yep. forget not slow down. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. they did the cover album KS for karaoke. Yeah. Where we're like, oh, okay, they're just doing covers. And then they immediately went into this weird pop thing. Yeah. Where so it was like they there was no like solid footing for any of the albums before it. Yes. Because they were kind of testing everything. And then they tested Super pop. picked a lane. Yeah. yeah. And then people were like, oh, this isn't the Reliant K, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Um Funny enough, Switchfoot has pretty much been the same band for that their is, entire history. I, I went through like just randomly like a year ago and I was like, I'm going to listen to all this shit because I listened to like two albums. Like that was it. Oh, Hurricane's a good album. It is a good album. I listened to everything beginning to end, whole discography, and it's like they're still doing the same thing. They're chilling. Yeah. They're like a good rock band. Yeah. They're still like, like they're uh, not like a relic, but uh, maybe a relic of a bygone. Probably rock a era. little bit. Yeah. yeah. But they're making it work. Yeah. So Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> Large tangent yeah. there. Um, overall, I'd say, I mean, you can definitely tell Dr. Dre was the producer on this album. <laughs> yeah. There's so many, like, the chronic yeah. little music <laughs> note things where yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Dit, 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 with the stupid plucked strings things yep. that he really fucking You know what I hate is the time. obviously <laughs> fake violin. Oh, yeah. That's in every song. <laughs> like a Casio keyboard. That's like yeah, nails there's, on a there's chalkboard a, to me. There's a couple spots where they, if you just, this is the weird thing about synthesized instruments. If you just hear the the timbre of it, like mid note, you don't hear the attack or the release. Mm-hmm. You can you can trick people, but there's so there's like the intro to one song is like oh the little string section where it doesn't seem so fake, and, and then, then it ends, and then there's just like all of these terrible mid yeah. instruments, <laughs> and you're just like this is fake as fuck. And I don't understand because like you have all the money and time in the world, just get real instruments. No kidding. Like, like yeah, wasn't true. he like triple platinum at what, this point? What would a you session, can't hire a violinist. What would to come a session in? guy cost for like an afternoon with a violin? Yeah, yeah, just like do it. <laughs> you don't even have to be there. That was like, one of my notes on Eminem it. Eminem doesn't even have to be there. Like, yeah. it, 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 doesn't have to be in that studio. Yeah, just mail it in. It's yeah. crazy that we thought that production sounded. <laughs> I mean, it sold a gajillion copies. Yeah. So, like, what do we know? Yeah, I'm telling you, I I, think I, I used to listen to pop radio. Eight hours straight waiting for without me to come on. I really did. Like it was, it was a huge song. Well, and I think we benefit a little bit from like the modern context. Like we have like uh, fucking Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. The the to pimp a butterfly, mm-hmm. where that's like all organic sounds. Yeah. Crammed into a hip hop album, where it's like nothing is pre-canned at all so i think it's just like a sign of the times type thing yeah. like back then it was it was still very much a work with the tools you use kind of mentality it's also very important to realize that that with work computers we're at home computers and everything like this wasn't at a time when everybody had the ability to record at home so yeah, we didn't we you true. know you could make this album at home now easy right? most people at least make one album at home now if they're in all musically inclined and it probably sounds kind of similar we didn't have that or they make six <laughs> mm, true <laughs> not quite buckethead levels of production. I know. Output. I'm not that autistic. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, besides like, well, yeah, back then a drum machine was like fucking seven grand. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were like yeah. super. That was like super. <laughs> like there was like the whole drummers were worried about like not being in yeah, bands yeah, yeah. anymore because they thought the drum machine. And then you would hear the go. snare on an Eminem album, and it's literally. And you're like, like okay, the, <laughs> like okay, like, yeah. The, the, I was gonna say the, another thing, another sign of the time, the studio callouts in this album, yeah. where he's like. I don't hear the snares in my ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, shut up. <laughs> we don't care what that your production That was cool in 2003. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, I get it. You're in a studio. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And then th- when he says that, when he says, I don't hear the snare, I was like, what is he talking about? The rim Yeah, shot and he's thing? talking about the... Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, literally, it's like, that's yeah. not a snare. It's you know those fucking... stupid rubber things you get from vending machines at grocery stores? The little pop Where you like things? fold them inside out yeah. and wait? Yeah. That was the sound. Yes. <laughs> like, okay, they sam- cool. They sampled that. <laughs> <laughs> um so there there are it's so funny we must be getting older because like this was like the cutting edge modern sound when it came out i assume oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah oh yeah and now you listen to it and it's like not far off of like kids 10 bop. years ago listening to an 80s album where you're like oh, again with the synthesizers really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just like the the ebbs and flows of all of like what's popular in music recording it's so funny uh, I don't. Even, what's I don't even know. What's the big meme now? I have no idea. Writing songs for TikTok. Yeah, like, uh, it's definitely a good, a solid fifteen seconds. Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, dude, the TikTok music meme is like real. Like bands writing like forty, like a forty-second thing, just like like it's like the dream of like all of the like I've joked before about how like there's people who live in like Hollywood in giant houses and like all they ever do they just write hooks and just yeah. sell them. Like this is their time. That's their life. And like now that's what TikTok music shit is now. Yeah. You write like 12 seconds of like good shit and you make and like... And the rest doesn't matter. Oh my yeah, God, yeah. it cracks me. I can't tell you how many times I've liked like a hook. <clears throat> I don't even know what the rest of the song. And it's just like white noise and then that part and then more white noise for literally... Most songs now are like a minute 45 and it feels like they could barely find enough noise to fill that much time. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. There's like the moment, like the length of a song used to be determined by the mechanism of recording like yeah. you couldn't record more than 60 minutes for like an lp mm-hmm. like a, a record so you had to make every minute count then there was a point where it switched to digital and people were like i can make like a 11 minute song like mm-hmm. dream theater and stuff those yeah. just like super long songs that are super melodic and everything and experimenting with that and now we're back to the point where it's like we have to record <laughs> super short music again but only because we need it to be used in the background of some 15-year-old girl twerking in a mirror in her room. <laughs> yep. And that's 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 where we're at now. Uh weird time. Yeah. Back to Eminem again. Back to <laughs> back to Eminem. What stuck uh, out to me listening to it as an adult were a few things. Um he is extremely talented. I'm not going to say anything against that. Uh for how his entire image would hit, he was like the music industry's badass, like the loose cannon, like the insane person, like that's his whole persona. He whines a lot. He <laughs> is a whiny dude. And I'd never noticed that as a kid, and I hadn't listened to it since then. Uh, the other thing is he must have been really desperate for street credit because he talks a lot. He What happened was he got an assault charge. He pulled out an unloaded firearm and, and hit a security guard with it and got arrested for it. He didn't even do jail time. Uh, it was one quick instance, and I think... And I remember reading interviews about it in Rolling Stone and stuff. I mean, that is like the impetus for like half these songs. 
and he really that one incident yeah. i didn't even know that yeah yeah because he does the whole intro part where he's like it's not loaded man yep. yeah, like, yeah, yeah i remember that yeah. yeah he does that and then he's constantly talking about like next time you got a job to do i'm just carrying this tool to protect myself and it's like Dude. Oh, that's I get like, it now. Okay, I didn't know about that context. Over, like, it's okay. all over this album, and then he can't figure out his baby mama and his mom and like all this stuff. And it's so funny because like listening to it now, you're like, how is this guy seen as like a badass? Because every song basically boils down to life is hard and being rich didn't fix it, and <laughs> I had I got in trouble with the law, and also I'm gonna kill you with a chainsaw. It's like wait. Want to hear something funny? Yeah, what's up? You know that Dosey Dose song where he's like doing the southern the accent? Yeah. yeah. In another universe, he would be a very successful country music artist, <laughs> based on like his story and like what he talks about in the music. It's just a different medium. Yeah. <laughs> That's I can see that. I will yeah. say that, that what made him famous was his ability to tell a dark story, and that's why his newest music hasn't hit so well because he ran out of stories to tell, and he doesn't do it anymore. Oh, um, yeah, and he's, like, so far removed from anything. Yeah, he's been so rich for so real. long. What's he going to talk about? Like, <laughs> and you start It'd be funny it. when he comes out of It'd retirement pretty... to roast people, though. That's yeah. pretty It'd be pretty sick sure. if he dropped a whole album of just, like, rich person problems. Yeah. Yeah. My God in there! The water, my bushes! My <laughs> azaleas aren't blueing this year! Well, he he kind of like does that. Like the tint, the I, tint is peeling up on his Rolls Royce. You make that joke, but he actually he kind of did that for a while. He has a song all about having an elevator in his house, and he has songs about how, <laughs> how like fame didn't solve. Like his whole thing now is how being rich hasn't fixed him, which seems to be a recurring theme in a lot of these famous people's stuff. But true, I have one question. One lyric I listened to the whole album. One lyric stuck out to me really hard. And I want some explanation. It's in the song Drips, which is one of my least favorite songs on the album. Yeah, it's all about like chlamydia and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. It's just an song. annoying yeah. song in general, but there's a line that really... It's kind of, it is kind of grating, that song. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so just like, oh, wow, you got an STD for fucking like a retard? Yeah. <laughs> well, just like the song well, even isn't just even the hook. good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like unbearable. But I pay attention to lyrics, and there's one very, very confusing to me. It's Obi Trice's verse, mm-hmm. and he says, "Big booty bitch." Real name, un- no gimmicks. Big booty bitch, switch unbearable. French roll styling, body like a stallion, sizing up the figure while my shit gets it, while my shit getting bigger. Debating mm-hmm. on do I fuck or do I want to be a n word. And I'm confused because do n words not fuck? Why is that an what either does or that, situation? What does that mean? Yeah, I, I want to know. <laughs> there must be some lost context. Is there? A, is that a like? Do you lose that status? Can you lose your end card if you engage in intercourse? Like banging a hoe is. I don't know what I'm supposed to get I don't know from that, that line. <laughs> like I, I, I was following I, you until the last line. That's what I'm it's, it's very standard. It's very. St- and then suddenly, it's like he, he must choose. It's very much like a. I think, therefore, I am. It's a, it's a very pivotal point in his story, <laughs> philosophically and in character development throughout the whole thing. Well, and the other thing is he's referencing, he's getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's getting, we all know what that means. He's getting engorged. Mm-hmm. He's getting more he's famous because he's featured on an, on an Eminem song. Correct. That's what he yeah, means. that's what yeah. I meant. Yes. So, like, obviously, it's about to go down. So, the thought in your mind is, does this happen or do I, what's the... 
So I think too much. I think too much about this. <laughs> what does it mean? I to think way too the much. Last part. I think way too you much. About this. This I think way too much. But this is my thought. Okay, hit me. Is there something submissive about having sex in the fact that the woman has the power? And like in that community, in the gangsta community, is it badass? Is it to like, like do you feel like you take lose, a cold shower? You lose some of that street credit <laughs> when you're like jizzing because you're not in control. I, I, this is what I thought, it. and it's so funny because this album's like what an hour thirty long or whatever, and this it's one long. line, it is long, one yeah. line was the only one because it was so confusing to me because like. I thought most people brag about how much sex they have, and it's like a status. That's thing. really funny. I don't so know. So, like, why is he having to choose between sex and his end card? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Obi Trice, I know you're listening. Please explain that that one line. <laughs> yeah, if you like, could you spell it out for uh, boring white people? Because he never elaborates. From there on, it's just a sex <laughs> story. He just has sex. That's the rest of the song. I'm not gonna read it. I already feel bad enough using the f word on a recording. Uh, so from there on, he just he has sex and he jizzes and then he gets an STD. <laughs> That's the rest of the song. Wouldn't you know it? Yeah. <laughs> when that song, like after that song wrapped, I was like, so that song was about getting an STD. That's what that song is. And, she, and yeah, you're like, it is. okay. And then the next one starts playing, and you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was just a weird like fever dream aside. Um. Yeah, what other tracks are on this bad boy? Let's see. I did get shades, or perhaps Toby Mac got shades from Eminem, but the, the having your child on a song for My Dad's Gone Crazy. Mm, yeah. I did feel some True Dog yeah. vibes. Yeah. Well, Haley's still alive. That's true. <laughs> I assume. Yeah, I guess. Do we know? Yeah, she is. She's been on podcasts and stuff. She like started a podcast, and I listened to one episode. And it was unbearable. It was exactly what happens every time you're talking to any female that thinks they're more interesting than they are. And like the only thing you want to oh, hear boy. about is what her dad did. And it's a lot of just mundanity followed by. And then my dad took me to Walt Disney World. And you're like, Eminem at Walt Disney? Yeah, tell me about that. And then it's just... Mm. It's like, I went on a ride. Yep, there's no elaboration. What did Eminem do? He watched. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> was he like a badass? Not really. Okay. <laughs> all right well let's go through a track by that. track just real quick if you're an eminem yeah, right. uh white america i think white america is a banger i think it it's is a great mission statement i think it's well produced i really like white america well it's the thing we talked about earlier where it was like him like acknowledging like his role well it's the thing we both talked about earlier where like he's like at first i was white nobody cared and then it was like who's this guy and then now, like, I've invented this new market of white suburban kids who now like rap. Yeah. The, and I'm their god. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, it's so funny listening to it because as a kid, I was so sheltered. I, I had no idea what he was talking about 90% of the time. And like, when he's like, I go to TRL. Look how many hugs I get. I remember being a kid and being like, what, is, what does any of that mean? Where is he getting hugs? Now, I know it was an MTV show, True Request Live. He was going there and he was very, MTV made him a superstar because all the white kids loved him. Mm-hmm. I had. I did not know that. Yeah, I was also the parents bought like, cable. What the fuck is he talking about? I had forgotten all about it until I was listening to it for this, and I heard that line. I was like, I know what he's talking about now. But I remember mowing the lawn, listening to that, and being like, What? Where is he going? That he's getting all these hugs? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> mowing the lawn with your no skip Walkman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jog proof. <laughs> uh, uh, business is unbearable. I've always hated business, even as a kid. 
let's get down to business. I think it's fine. It's like a below average song on the album, but it's not bad. Cleaning out my closet. That's like one of his mission statements. Like that's one of the ones that he's most known. Yeah. That's yeah. like the mommy issue song. That's the snare yeah, song. Yeah. Turn up my snare. I'm sorry, mama. <laughs> um, I never meant to hurt you. I never meant to make you cry. This also, fuck you. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that, that, that was like a whiplash song. That's like, a, that's like the that's the depressive in the in the in the manics in the bipolar cycle. The, <laughs> that's the depressive, depressive song. Side. Yeah. It's like I didn't mean to. I didn't didn't mean to make you feel bad. But also all of this huge laundry list of things that I hate about you. Also, I'm gonna clown on you about. Your lawsuit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on this single. <laughs> uh, square dance. I actually un- unironically like this song. It's just weird. It's so it's, weird. I want to like be there when he wrote like, or when whoever you, came so up high. with the hook. He was square dance. One of the most obviously like manic. <laughs> <high songs. laughs> I, I just want to like be said, there. Uh, don't be scared. What's the rhyme? Do-si-do. Um, Do-si-do come on now. now, let's all get on down. Let's do-si-do yeah. now. We ain't got nowhere to go now. Don't be scared because there's nothing to worry about. Let's That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. The <laughs> scared. I don't, I don't care. Uh, I think that dun, 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 dun is like a badass beat. And it used to get me really hyped, especially as a kid. What's that really fucking weird song in the new Ghost album? Twenties. Oh, it's, like it's like the twenties. It's like the twenties of this album. Um, it's just like, what was that? <laughs> I think he was making fun of. And that. then the album just goes on like normal. I think, yeah. I like mean, that never. Happened. I can guess he was super high. People made fun of him for being white. This was a lot of this album is reactive, right? The yeah, yeah, cri- yeah, yeah. criticisms he was getting and stuff. So clearly he was made fun of for being white and corny. So he made a square dance. He's like, okay, I'll make a white country. I think that's what it is. And he's calling out, and because it's very specifically calling out all the people that had beef with him. So I think it was like they called him corny and white and like hokey. So he made like a hokey song making fun of them. It's a very eminent thing to do. I'm a soldier. I, I always thought that song was incredibly stupid. And I think it's even more stupid now. <laughs> I don't even like get what. I don't, yeah. Because it's like. It's one of, the song is made, the lyrics are like, okay. Is he trying to like say that he's super gangster? That's ex- it's it's him catching yeah. in his street credit, is what it is. And he did this a like lot a later soldier. on. He talked about his armies that he had and bands, and like he didn't want anybody to get. He hurt. does it in this album. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's like, oh, I got people on the streets ready to defend me, and it's like, I guess it's like going off like the Pac and Biggie stuff, like in East Coast West Coast, when there were actually people getting killed for their music. Maybe that was still going on around this time. I don't think so, but maybe it was. Um, 2002, yeah, maybe. So he's he's really playing into that. He's making it sound like he, you know, is strapped up and ready for war for the rap game. And for all I know, maybe he was. Um, he was pretty hard his, on the his pop bodyguards. Side. Were I don't know about him. Yeah, and like I, you know, I don't know. But that's definitely what he's doing with this song. And I know that it was one of his biggest hits. People loved that. Huh. <clears throat> Say goodbye to Hollywood. This is one of the, I like this song. It's really catchy and it's well made, but man, this is this yeah. is one of the songs where I started. Hollywood. Like, he's really whining. He's really whining pretty hardcore off this album. Drips, uh, unbearable. Drips, we went over drips. Yeah. Without me, certified I think, banger. I think drips is the worst song on the album. Oh, for sure, easily. Uh, without me, one of the all timers. Yeah, that's such a good song. 
I can. I think "Without Me" is one of the very few rap songs I can do in flashbacks. Like right do you now, think I could lay it down. How self, like, how self-aware do you think the message of "Without Me" is, or do you think it's just him coping as like he always was this provocative, just like kind of shithead, and now he's coping it into like, oh, this is just the role that I play. For I think it was just a really fundamental. I think that. Uh, uh, please stand up, or will the real will the will the real Eminem please stand up was such a huge hit. Hi, my name is was such a huge hit that he just had to write a corny ass song that was like just filled with like little controversial statements. So I think he these were probably his okay. easiest songs to write, and they were always huge hits. And he dressed up really funny in the music videos. And yep. This music video is super funny, actually, even in a modern lens because it's all him and a Robin from Batman and Robin outfit running to yep. save a kid from listening to his music, which is very funny. Like, is this the this looks like a job for me? So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Running around with Dr. Dre yeah. in the Batmobile. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the rap mobile. The ra- I'm sorry, the I'm very sorry. <laughs> That's very funny. I mean, the kids just <laughs> I can see it clearly in my head from watching it in my uncle's basement on Sundays when I go over there uh, while they'd all eat and fall asleep after church. And I go down there and watch these videos. <laughs> I can see the scene where the kid pulls out the CD and his eyes get really big and he's getting ready to put it in. <laughs> and then jumps through the window and steals it from him. And like, Waves his finger. It's very funny. And points at the parental advisory <laughs> sticker on the CD. <laughs> yeah. Without me, it's a great song. Sing for the moment. I like. I love. I loved this song as a kid. This was one of my favorite Eminem songs for a long time. Uh, I think it still holds up. It's just less relatable now. I think it's pretty. It's like a. It's an above average one for the album. You know, the- it's not like a. The problem with this song is it taught him that he could fuse classic rock songs into rap songs. And <laughs> this is a trick that he's tried to use so many times. And it works really well here. It almost never works again. But he, What about the Stan song? True. That one worked. What's the Stan song? Oh, that was on the, al- that was the album before this. <laughs> that wasn't with the classic rock. I thought you were talking about. I guess about I, it was more contemporary. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know what yeah, that's like. And that a was a modern song. song. That was a modern pop, like modern. That's pop. one of those like if I heard the actual song, the tears gone cold. I'm wondering what. Like that, if I heard that, if I was if I was like in like a waiting room. I don't remember. I think no so. Idea. I think it is. Yeah. If I was in like a waiting room or like on the radio or whatever, like I heard the actual song and then Eminem didn't start rapping, I'd be like, "Wait, <laughs> is this a prank?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, it's the actual song." Okay. Yeah, that was at least um, like a kind of a pop, and that still works. But this specific fusion of like '80s rock and rap was something Aerosmith. that he really thought that he could do. And he tried it, so he, and it never worked like this before. But sing for the moment is a good. One. And then Fred Durst came and taught everybody. Yeah, what's up? How to actually do chocolate it. starfish, hot dog water, etc. <laughs> uh, Superman. This was like the the um, escapist fantasy song of the album. All of us wanted to be like. As a kid listening to it, the suburban kid that was his perfect target audience, like, yeah, I want to be able to be jerked to women I sleep with and sleep with so many women. Like that was like the dream. It also has the very funny line: "Put anthrax on our tampax and slap you till you can't stand." <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny because you know that was at the time after nine eleven when anthrax was like there was a huge anthrax. Yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. That's where yeah, that yeah, the every every so, like, three weeks. Broca. Yeah, there'd yeah, be like yeah. white powder in an envelope somewhere. But, yeah. You know, he he saw that and he was like, "Anthrax rhymes with Tampax." Oh my god! And that's probably how this whole song. Enlightenment. Halfway through a bottle of Percocet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh my." I god. still got some more. 
<laughs> Haley's song. Kind of in the same way that Sing for the Moment ruined his uh, like his wanting to develop songs that had classic rock choruses in it. Haley's song sucks because it taught him he could sing his own hooks. And he has tried to sing his own hooks ever since, and he is I guess I don't have as big of a sample to draw from. I like this song. This is a good this song. This song's not bad, but he can't sing. And he put a ton of work <laughs> into this one. And if you listen to his whole discography, which I doubt you'll ever do, you'll see that he tries to do it with less effort, and it really sucks. But he learned the lesson that he could get away with singing. Wait, which one, which one is when the music stops again? That's, uh, it features all D12, and it's like, it's just a pretty, it's, it's a, Call it like a gangbanger song, but it's like one of those songs where they're talking really tough. And it's like, what are you gonna do when the music stops and we're actually out on the street? Oh, that one. Okay. When the yeah, music I just stops, put like two and seconds like gunshots. Yep, yep, yep. The street cred song. Yeah. Part two. Yep. Okay, I remember song. it. Yeah. Say what you say. I never thought much of this song. It's pretty forgettable in my opinion. It's Did long. you forget about Dre? <laughs> I, I'm looking at it now. It's five minutes, ten seconds long. It I don't is rem- really long. I don't remember anything from it. And I was, I was like paying attention when I listened to this. Like the piano builds up to it. It's not like background noise. I think it was. I think he was trying to redo "I Am Whatever You Say I Am." I think he was trying to do that song yeah, oh, again. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> which is which is a banger, by the way. Uh, Till I Collapse. It's just Soldier obviously. again. It's just Soldier Part 2. I always thought that ever since I was a kid. I was like, we've already done this song. <laughs> it's better, though. It even has, <laughs> it's a like, way the better song march. than Soldier is. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> then uh, Toby Mac guest starring. Yeah, my dad's gone crazy. Yep. It, they were trying mm-hmm. to take away his kid, or at least there was talk of it. This was clearly his middle finger to that. Like, I'm just pretending to be crazy. Look how safe my kid is. It's definitely scary behavior. It's totally like, I'm going to pretend to drive the wrong way down a one-way street with my kid hanging out the window to prove But I'm only joking. Yeah, it's very... (laughs) (laughs) And then was Curtains Closed? That was not a song. No, it's it's Kenny coming out. He was... Kenny was his... You have to remember, at this time, when this album came out and before it, being gay was very funny. It was it was very funny. It was a funny. So him pretending to be gay was oh my what? So Ken, what was is Kenny, what was the character? Ken? Did he have a last name? It was like Ken Kenneth or something. Oh, you're right. It was Ken Kenneth. He was making fun of somebody new, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Or was that a rhyme? It was Kenneth. I'm trying to remember. It's from a different song or skit or something. He did this character a lot. Remember. He did gay Ken a lot. Gay Ken. And I want to say he was making fun of. Not to be confused with Barbie Ken. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Ken Kenneth. Okay, there's an entire wiki about him. Oh, Kenne- I thought it was Kenneth. Ken- okay. That's how I pronounce it. Ken Kenneth is a recurring character in skits and initially songs on Eminem's albums. He was originally made and voiced by Aristotle on the skit Ken Kenneth on his HADLP. However, they brought Aristotle back. However, from the dispute, dead? Oh my god. Yeah, the Aristotle. Uh, the one, the only. Let's see. It doesn't really it's, get into where he came from. It's like lasers. Oh, you really need yeah. to know. Aristotle. He comes out in like a robe, <laughs> yeah. holding like a globe or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Where I'm. Yeah. No. Don't worry <laughs> about. Ahead, hopefully, the listeners heard that because I'm not doing it. Again. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed those two concurrent streams of consciousness running at the same time. <laughs>
That's a Talk years. Shop classic. Usually we say that for the Megasode. Go ahead, True. go and listen to it Where again. We all just have you three simultaneous. One part you get to listen to them talking about Aristotle and riffing on that, and some you do who Ken Kniff was. Go. More content. That's double the content True. in half the time. So who's really benefiting? You, the listener. Yeah. Let's rate it. What would you yep. rate it? I mean, you guys can talk about what you might have rated these kids. You would have been about, just say when you were 14, what you would have rated it. Okay, I was going to say, I would have been in first grade and definitely not listening to anyone. <laughs> I probably would have given it like a four or five. If I heard this when I was 14, I probably would have, yeah. What was I doing when I was 14? I'll say four. I think I probably would have still been very much in the hard classic rock phase. Where rap was icky. So I probably would have... What grade is 14? Uh, is it 8th grade? 7th, 8th grade. grade. I think it would have caught me just... I think it. I think this would have caught me at 14. Like one year before I would have been like, rap. Yeah. I think I probably would have given it like a negative 1 or 2 or something. Okay. I probably would have laughed <clears> at <throat> some of the lines just the outrageousness of it mm-hmm. but i was still very firmly in the grasp of rock and roll i uh, think now i'd give it like a three <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna say three as well i think it's there's too many songs when you go through the list there's too many songs that were like oh yeah that one yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> to give it more than a three it was good though if like, you cu- if the album was like f- 50 minutes long instead of an hour 10 long and you cut like four songs it could be a four yeah there's just too much like okay like if you would have if you would have stayed on message i guess the entire thing instead of these like one like drips and like <laughs> where it's just like okay i don't care about any of this <laughs> but yeah but that's in 2023 i don't know what i i don't know yeah i guess like the zeitgeist is over yeah but My, but now the, a lot of it context just doesn't hit is now. missing from from the time this came out, but yeah, something like that. Or two or three, I would say. Sam, your rating back then and now. Yeah, my rating back then, absolutely he was a king. I would have given it a ten. And you would not have, you would have not convinced me to do it otherwise just because I was so caught up in like being a fan of it. Uh maybe so if you caught five? me maybe if like I had just started to actually appreciate like art and stuff, like the artistic music, I might have called it a nine. Like if I was starting to get into some better stuff. Uh, Sam, remember we do the negative five to five scale. Oh, I'm sorry. I for completely forgot. So yeah, four. That does change it when you were giving it like a three. Okay. I have to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, yeah thank you. Guys. <laughs> yeah. It's been months since we recorded. You guys like said a three and I was like, <laughs> yeah. what a bunch of D-bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say it's a three and then it's like, it's good. I was really confused. Wait, how how confused, confused were you when, when was, Tom said minus one? I was, I was confused. <laughs> Damn, we've been using that system for so long, dude. That's really funny. That okay, is really go ahead. Funny. So it's so a five. Okay, yeah. So okay, easy so, five. Yeah, so for I would give it a five time. when I was a kid. Uh, these easy days, five. I would okay, give yeah. it a one. Okay, oh, really? Yeah, not so hot on it anymore. Uh, it's just it's everything. I mean, like so without the like with so much shock material that's out now, it's not particularly shocking. He has a lot of talent. It's still enjoyable, but like you guys were saying, there's a ton of songs that come up. And even when I was listening to it today, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> he, I feel like this is the kind of album you make when you're too famous. That there's, there's not like a producer in the room anymore who will be like, "That's not good." 
Like yeah. you shouldn't ship that. Yeah. That's so funny that, that I forgot about, about our scoring system. When you guys were fixing my score, I was getting a little heated. I was like, don't change. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> so funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, Without Me is one of the one of the better and White America, Square Dance, in my opinion. There are some really good songs on here, but not most of it. Not most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time. As far as first Eminem albums to listen to, I thought it was good. Basically. I was never bored. I was never like, oh, I gotta fucking listen to this for the podcast. Yeah. You're always kind of interested in what he's gonna say next, I guess. That's the appeal. Um, Yeah. Well, that was Eminem. The Eminem show. Trust in the wind. Now is it Tom also, or is it Corey next? Here's, I just have one little last anecdote about Eminem that... uh should tell you all you need to know about my history with Eminem. I only today, in uh, on October third, twenty twenty three, realized that Eminem, his name, mm-hmm. Marshall Mathers, M and yeah. M. I also did not know that. Yep. So Eminem, like Eminems. Yes. That I did I not know that. also did not pick up on that yep, ever. That is until today? No, until just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, I don't feel quite as stupid as I did earlier today when Shay was like, "Yeah, of course." What do you think it was? It's like, why do you know that? That's really funny. <laughs> <clears throat> so, whose turn is it now? Is it you or me, Tom? I think it. I think it's you. I think that's right. Because I think we did forget not slow down. Because yeah, I think before. Corey that's kicked right, it off, yeah. and I think I was third. So I think that order is always Corey, Tom. Okay. Well, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do to everybody. Oh no. Because it's not a good album. Oh dear. But it is. Well, there's. I think there's good parts of it. I think it's the. This was my first metal album. Okay. I went into what was the Christian bookstore that used to be by Bridgman's Bible and Book. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I walked in there, and I picked the first thing that looked like it would be like a heavy metal album, and I bought it with my own money. All right. Okay. And it's I think it's the clearest, shortest line that I can draw from. Like this is the first instance that I heard of anything like this to like everything that I ended up getting super into later. Okay. Okay. The band is the Showdown. Oh, and the album is a chorus of obliteration. I thought you were gonna say showbread. No, well, I think that would be a good one. Actually, can I change mine? I don't know. Is that allowed? Should we go to the audience for a vote? Yeah, I think you can change whatever you want. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Or red. Sh- sh- oh, that's I can't do that again. <laughs> it's too. It's so not good. <laughs> I was gonna say like I remember that album. Yeah. Because I I ripped it to my computer when I went over to your house one time. Yep. I don't really remember anything about it. Actually, you know what? This is tough. Because these both... I heard both of these at around the same time, actually. I forgot about this album. I forgot about Showbread. You know what? I'm changing it to Showbread. All right. What's the album? The album is called No Sir, Nihilism is Not Practical. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. A bit of a mouthful. I never heard of either of these, so it made no difference to me. <laughs> the showdown fact, didn't really go anywhere, did they? No. Yeah. They dropped. They, <laughs> they dropped the like metalcore album, like the Course of Obliteration one. That I think some songs are still pretty banging today. Yeah. Um, and then they made like a 
dog shit like Papa Roach knockoff like butt rock album. Oh man! And then they never did anything again. Oof. So like I don't know what I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I think they um, wanted money. <laughs> I need one second to look something up. I have a they put out an album in 2023, my guys. The showdown. Yeah, showbread. Oh, no, show- showbread. Yeah, showbread. Did they put out, put out an album? I thought their last album was showbread or show dead. <laughs> That's 2016. Okay. So there's, and then just this year they put out "Our Fathers Were Models for God," which is a fantastic name for an album. Uh, <laughs> um, no, sir, nihilism is not practical. Um, fun fact: the producer. For no sir, nihilism is not practical. Uh, was like a big fucking deal, and I have no idea how they got this person. Uh, they produced Master of Puppets, and some System of a Down albums, and some Red Hot Chili Peppers albums. What's the name? Uh, Sylvia Massey. What the heck? How did what what? How did they cross paths? I have no idea. That's crazy. This actually. is like a no one band. This was their first album. I, for the record, I generally hate first albums because usually the production is so bad on most first albums that just like, even if the songs are good, if like the recording and the engineering and stuff are bad, I just can't. I just, I don't know. It's not worth it. That's the album. Tom's got it up. Yeah. I think the songs on here range from. Why did nobody could have possibly thought this was good? To like, this is way better than it should be. <laughs> All right, I'm excited. I have, I don't, I haven't even given any mental real estate till showbread till you said show. Starting yeah, to say yeah, showdown, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, <clears throat> I'll do the showdown one next. But uh, yeah, the showbread, no sir, nihilism is not practical. All right, heck yeah, guys, that's another one for next month when we record. True in November. <laughs> another podcast in the bag how do you uh, feel i feel good yeah i do kind of still want to talk a little bit about the forever war but i feel like i don't have enough energy <laughs> now to get into it because there's a lot to talk about give me the cliff notes why should i check out the forever war it's a it's really good sci-fi okay uh very interesting i story. do like sci-fi um there's just some like uh eccentricities Okay. Throughout that are interesting. It kind of makes sense as it relates to the plot and where you're supposed to be in time. But uh, I don't know. It's just a very interesting story. Definitely worth a read. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's not a very long read either. It's a pretty short book. Okay. Uh, yeah. I we read it at the same time. And I feel like that was like in June. I feel like that was a really long yeah. time ago. Yeah, I think um, it was in July. And we kind of discussed I, it offline, and uh, I only remembered the best parts of the book and forgotten everything else. And I was very surprised to how boring the end of the book was. Like the last. Yeah, it does kind of just end. Yeah. Well, yeah, like well, it like there's there's not like a definitive like major climax to the story. It just kind of peters out, which I guess it's makes the sense. Point. I mean, in, that is the it's yeah, very because that's true that's, to its vision. Yeah, because that's Vietnam, yeah. basically. There wasn't like a definitive moment. It just kind of like fizzled out and then we left. And then that's Is it like the an whole... allegory for Vietnam? Yeah. yeah, he was like a Vietnam, was a Vietnam veteran. Vet. Okay. And, and the okay, whole book okay. is, a, is a story about how it felt returning from war to America in the late 60s, early 70s. Okay. Yeah, being away like 
in Vietnam, you know, like all that kind of interesting stuff. There's a there's a lot of super interesting concepts. Yeah. Like the playing with space and time and like the unpredictability of like jumping vast distances and like what that means practically and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of like cool sci-fi stuff. And he goes really in depth in explaining how like not like down to like the physics calculations, but like the idea behind the physics of making these long jumps and stuff. It's it remains one of my favorite books. I just give it some time, you'll forget about I forgot like the end. I was like, Man, this is just going on and on and on and he's like a he's a commander but he shouldn't be. <laughs> it's really funny yeah. how much he sucks at They only picked him because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That whole scene I think that was I mean it's obviously very good, very cutting satire of the way the military actually works. And it does crack me up. Yeah. Him and the guy that promotes him, they meet over a beer, and he's like, yeah, we're kind of just doing it because you're the only one left. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else, yeah, yeah. He's like, don't get me wrong, we've done a much. psych eval, and you're going to suck, but I mean, what are we going to do? <laughs> it's like, but you're the only one who's seen him. Yep. Yeah. It's really funny. Uh, it's definitely worth, um, Corey, it's, one, it's not very long, it's 100% worth one of your audible credits. All right, I'm down. Okay. I'm between books. I'm re-listening to old books. Okay, uh, that's that's. I'm, I'm trying to get quick. to the Stormlight Archive, which holy crap is that good fantasy? If you really want a good series, that's, that's Brandon Sanderson, right? A million years it's by Brandon Sanderson. It is fantastic. If you just want a very good series that will hook you right in, uh, is more accessible than the Malazan Chronicles, if not as well. Like that's debatable. Um, it's fantastic. The Stormlight Archive. It starts with a song called "The Way" or a book called "The Way of Kings," and I am just in, man, one hundred and ten percent. Some of the best fantasy I've read in a very long time. Should really reconsider reading Malazan. I've tried three times. Man. Hey Sam, it's do you want to really read? Fucking good. Do you want to read uh, the best fantasy ever? But it's an unfinished trilogy that'll probably never. Yeah, dude. Be yeah, lay it on me, man. Uh, check out the name of the wind. Oh, I've heard oh about I was that. just gonna. Is I that was really literally going to bring that up. Is that really that good? It's really good. Because that's like really made some waves <clears> in the fantasy market you know, that I pretend you know I'm going to break into. why it's so good, right? Why is that? Because it came from Wisconsin. Oh, is that Where true? all good things uh, come from. And I have okay. yet to be proven wrong. The guy, who's the author? I can't think of his name right now. Uh, 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 Patrick, okay. it's Patrick something. Rothfuss. Yeah, 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 yeah. Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah, the guy got high in his own fumes and is like doing, he's like DMing like one shot uh, D&D campaigns on big YouTube channels and shit now. He's putting out a side story. Another novella, that um, motherfucker. Hey, oh my. Hey, guess well, he what? Has the, he has the whole third book written from what I understand. He just has to change some things. Okay. I'm going to tell you this around, right now. If I ever got he any kind of the second. Genre, and there was any chance for me to be making money DMing games on YouTube, I want to be very clear. <laughs> uh, I am taking that train and I am never looking back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will highly recommend, highly recommend The Name of the Wind and then the second book. I can't remember the name. Okay. Something That carries a lot of weight. It's the, it's the King Killer Chronicles. Is it the... Slow uh, regard of silent things. Is yeah, that the that's name of the, the book? second. Now here's okay, the problem. Yeah. Here's here's the tricky thing. I am in the Stormlight Archive right now, and I'm going to recommend it yep. equally to you. Okay. Um, if I if I'm going to go home, if I'm going to get in my car when I leave and go on Audible and either get Forever War or the the Way of Kings, is it? Yeah, I can't remember. Way of Kings. Which one am I doing? It, it it depends on. Do you want to start a very like every every recording of the Stormlight Archive is like 50 hours long? 
or okay, do you want I'll probably do forever war and then forever do war you can do as like a little appetizer <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. done in like i'll probably i'll probably, probably do like that. a 10 hour yeah. okay i'll oh, probably man. do that first but i will uh, get then we can talk about it too eventually and Malazan. I'm always willing to give it another try, dude. But I'm I'm this close to just reading the wiki and telling you that I read the book just to get. <laughs> I've Fair thought enough. about doing it so many times. I'm on a I'm on Midnight Tides now. Yeah, it's so good. I believe you. I 100 percent believe you. But dude, I fall asleep every time I try to read it. You just gotta get. I'm just. You just power through the first book. It's not going to make sense even at the end of it. And then everything starts clicking and falling into place. And then you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I believe you. I do, too. It's really I don't doubt you one good. bit. I've never doubted that the also, book is good. Going back to adaptations and stuff, don't. Do not <laughs> a try. Don't even attempt to adapt Malazan. I will. What if they had devastating. Game of Thrones budget? No. What if and what if we're talking about like it's there's too much happening. Yeah. There's too many characters, it's too complex. Boiling it down would just dilute the story. You can't do it. So don't. Hollywood execs listening, looking for your next <laughs> long standing fantasy series to make a shitty adaptation of, just don't. Please. He's asking nicely. I'm being polite now. <laughs> I don't have to be polite later. Um. Yeah. All good book record. Well, it's, it's, we got a dang library going. I know here. there's we too do. much. There's too much, and considering the fact that I only listen to books now, I can't even pretend that I actually read. Uh, it's gonna. I don't read. Weeks, I'm sorry. Weeks, months, years to get through everything. I'm a reading purist. I will only read books. I don't like audio books. Is that true? Yeah, uh, for the most part. There's Based. some that are good, like the uh, American Gods, where they had a full voice acted oh, cast sure. it's was too good. useful it's it combines because i love to work like i don't look like but i love to work out and i love the stories so to me it just it's a match made in heaven yeah and that makes sense i usually like to it's like something i do before bed just to crank out a chapter and then go to sleep because it kind of it tires you out when you're reading i, think, I should do that because i think it would be really effective uh yeah well, maybe we'll talk about the Forever War after Corey's listening. It would be to cool. It. Yeah, be cool I'm gonna check it out. More time. Hell yeah! Uh, any other? Well, what did we learn today? What did we learn today? <laughs> I don't. Um, usually the person who asks it first asks it because they had a really good one. No, I don't. I'm just asking because we need to wrap up. It's uh, been three hours. <laughs> I learned that importing shit is a pain in the ass. Uh, that's. I'm not going to change mine. I learned that uh, all the people complaining about rent being too high, about uh, academic structure in America becoming a bubble that's going to pop, and the housing market and all these things need to shut the hell up because the people that are really suffering are the people trying to get imported car parts for their deluxe vehicles. It's true. That's the real pain. I'm, str- I'm suffering. That's the real pain. I learned that at five guys, you're paying BMW prices for Mexican alien delivery. True. Fifty-seven fucking dollars. That is cr- that is absolutely <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> Have either of you been to the Mall of America lately? No. Uh, yeah. Actually. Did you years. eat while you were there? Uh, no. I'm really curious about the rain. This is so like niche, but I'm really curious like about Panda what, Express. Like, what does the Rainforest Cafe cost these days? 
<laughs> I've never been. Oh, we should go. <laughs> I I would do so it. So good. I'm down. I would do it. <laughs> they have the lightning or the thunder yeah. sounds. We're fucking rains that go every it's half hour. It's a safari. It's not just a meal. Yeah. I want to know how inflation is hit the rainforest. I would unironically, like we all go out to rainforest. I would do that. I wish we all lived closer. Should've, I would. That do sounds it. so. Funny. I would. I would drive there to do that. <laughs> Next concert, maybe. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah we should, we if should Ghost comes back to town, we should go to Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> oh my god! That's so I've funny. been there since I was a kid, and I was like, "Wow, this is the coolest place ever." I'm sure it's just the suckiest, like terrible food. I want to know what it I costs. Watched a YouTube and I video. Know what it looks like to an adult. <laughs> I watched a YouTube video of a guy who went to every rainforest cafe. Oh, really? I heard about that just guy. Just like in one shot, just drove across. The and he would country. like he would talk about the differences in all the rainforest. Just went cafes. to everyone, one after the the other one. Stupid. <laughs> all right, we should probably pitch this. This is a three-hour episode, and this it like covered marathon. even breaking. Like we actually snuck breaking down. That's so funny. Yeah. Who's? I'm gonna listen back and see who started it. It. Um... I think it might have been Sam, this time. I think I said, well, I mentioned Vince Gilligan in relation to, oh yeah, because I think the flow went. Like the D&D brothers. D&D brothers. Uh, oh, it was how they ended two things too quickly and how the producers wanted the show to be longer. And then Tom was like, like Breaking Bad. And all you have to do is like, that's oh, chum yeah, in the water yeah, to a bunch yeah. of sharks. It's <laughs> Breaking Bad. In it's our over. Like, I don't do know it. why we ever said we were a ghost podcast, because it's definitely <laughs> a Breaking Bad podcast. Hey, that's the old bait and switch. A little clickbait. <laughs> it's kind of like the ghost of television. That's true. Yeah. If you really I'd, think I'd about say it. that. All right. Stay hard, America. Stay hard. Thanks for listening to this three-hour episode. <laughs> yes, I hope you got your money's worth. No dollars. It's free. Hope it was worth the wait. <laughs> now another month. Yeah, we'll see you in December. Nah. Suckers. We're getting close to Megasos. We this are. is true. We are getting close. It's a, I will say this. We have to do the Megasos because there's actually a lot to talk about this year. Oh, this yeah. Is actually, actually, a great this is like, year for stuff coming out. Was last year the video game year where there's like nothing? The last two years, I feel like, have been like, yeah, there's been like, like there's one been thing nothing. I want to talk about. And this year, there's actually been like music and games and movies like that are exciting. Yeah. It's happening yeah. now, finally. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll probably, well, it'll drop January 1st at midnight. Yeah. It sure will. You can listen to eight hours of podcast. Um, and a little teaser, uh, because I have to drive to the city, because there's absolutely no way that I can't, because Tom's driven here every year before this. I'm trying to recruit uh, Coda to come with me. Oh, shit. Oh, yes. That's content. And I think we can Bring get, if I promise him booze. And a trip to the cities. I, I don't I'll buy as much booze no. as he wants. I don't because yeah. he loves that. <laughs> he, loves... he can bring CJs. I'm giving. I'm putting out the olive branch. He loves booze and C- he loves the city. So I don't. I don't see how he'd say no. He was trying. This is. It's not going to happen, obviously now. But just behind the scenes, Coda one has been dropping into our chats. I think he reads them more than he pretends he does. Two. Yep. He was trying to plan this episode where y'all were going to drink and get super drunk. Called Summer Smash. Oh yeah. He was like, really yep. excited about it. <laughs> I would have done that sounds fun. I would have done too. It was just like the scheduling yeah. that yeah. Adult stuff. It's like getting four adults in a room. It's very like it's very impossible. hard to find time. And I won't drink on record. I'm sorry, everybody was I won't get trashed on recording. Um I think if, if you ever have kids, Damn. that will be when you like with I guess the exception of Dakota, uh you won't do that anymore because you're like, Man, my kids are gonna hear this But I had but that being said, I have no moral objection. It was gonna be a ton of fun just watching you three get absolutely smashed. <laughs> Um, no, I, I'm sober now these days. Are you, I only drink water. That's not true, is it? No, it's not. I didn't, 
I feel like I, I would have heard about Blue Ribbon going on the Pabst or whatever you drink. Yeah, <laughs> Pabst. I do drink Pabst, yeah. It's true. Good go-to. Wisconsin beer, again, true. where all good things come from. Uh, so maybe that'll uh, be the Megasode, and I have no doubt that that will be good. So I'm trying, because I don't really want to drive to the city walk. It's scary. It is scary. For a little true. city boy, like a little town boy like me. Well, I mean, it's if we come here, it's not in the cities. It's just a little small it's town. It's still too close. <laughs> there's cities adjacent. The ethnics will sense my purity. <laughs> Your pure redhead genes. <laughs> they want to harvest them. That's a real northern boy coming to town. <laughs> they can just have your poster up everywhere. Keep an eye out. Yeah. The pale devil. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> Prof, the stone tablets. They ring a giant bell. <laughs> it's like a church bell, though. Like, <laughs> it's, that's just Resident Evil. It's just the opening yeah. to Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, that's, we just Every made a name. How town. it feels going into the cities. Is a... So, you know, you go, you play Resident Evil 4, you go into the village, yeah. and there's all these weird people like, yeah. that want to kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, just picture you're not... There's no stranger in town, and what the day-to-day lives of all those weird uh, brain-spored Spanish villagers is like. That's mm-hmm. what this town is. <laughs> So you just picture them on a day to day, and then you yeah. show up. Bell rings, stuff starts. Game out. starts. Yeah, you know the rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we can get a recording in before the villagers come for you. Before I get uh, the parasite injected into me. <laughs> I was trying to remember what it's called. All right. We said stay hard, America. Yeah, we like said stay hard, America. America. Yeah, we did. <laughs> We've been stay here hard, over America. three hours, so premium right. content. Well, we had to. We had to get that. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See you next time. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.